we're short people in the trades mm -hmm. and we're going to pay them bottom dollar and nobody's interested anymore because they can literally go work at a smoothie bowl shop on the beach, really easy job, mm -hmm. work with cool people mm -hmm. and make more money. Mm -hmm. You know, unless everybody starts charging more and actually starts increasing the value of the tradespeople, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. it's not going to get any better. Right. What's going to end up happening is we're going to have such a shortage of tradespeople, this is my prediction, mm -hmm. that everybody's going to lower the standards to be a tradesperson. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Jared Williams Show. I don't know which camera to look at, but uh, Joel's here in person today. I'm here. I made it. <laughs> I made it. Um, believe it or not, I made it in four days. Yeah. Um, it was four days. We can do math time with Jared to prove it's it. Math time with Jared Williams. It was it was definitely five days. It was not five days. What day did you leave? It was ninety five hours. But what day did you leave? But it was ninety five hours. You left on a Saturday, right? Mm hmm. And you got here on a. I don't remember. Wednesday. Mm -hmm. It was Wednesday morning when you text me. You text me at five thirty in the morning. Saturday, Sunday, May Monday, it. Tuesday, Wednesday. But how does that it's work? Five if it's ninety five hours. It doesn't matter how many hours. It's. Yeah, it's but five like, days. Yeah, I guess I get your point. Five days. You went but still, past that was the, the thing. Four days. I said five days, and you were like, <laughs> "You're like, no way, you're not gonna be able to do it in five days." Four do, days do, do. would have been what? The day before Wednesday. It would have been seventy some hours, right? Mm, let's <laughs> see. I'm not good at math. Twenty-four, forty-eight. <laughs> Twenty-four, forty-eight. Forty-eight plus forty-eight is ninety-six. Ninety-six. And so how? I did it in ninety-five. <sighs> but you bled into it like that fifth day. You bled into it. You should have left earlier. If you would have left five and a half Jared, hours earlier. Now you're just walking back because now you, you realize the math panned out to four, four days. No, nope. I'm still. But in any case, in any case, the deal wasn't four days. The deal was five days. So it still works out. True. You made it. I did make it. It was pretty impressive. Yeah. Although your foot was swollen. Dude, both my feet were swollen to about this. <laughs> it was actually disgusting. To anybody who wants to make a really long drive, realize that you're going to be sitting a long time and uh, your feet are going to get really swollen. So... For everybody who hasn't listened before, Joel just moved from Alaska to Florida. And we had this argument of he was going to drive and he told me, I'm going to make it there in five days. And I said, there's no way. It's impossible. <laughs> and I knew it wasn't impossible, but mm -hmm. it was pretty retarded. <laughs> if you ask me, like, I would never do that, dude. I know. I know. And so like, like, what was that like? Like you just drove? Uh, yeah, we just drove. So, because you okay. and your dad. So, everybody said that, because I said the same thing to everybody. So, I'm going to do it in five days. Mm -hmm. And at the beginning, I told it to everybody. Mm -hmm. And everybody was like, You're insane. I yeah. don't understand this. So, I got this thing. I was like, Is this actually possible? Like, because everybody told me that it wasn't possible. But what I couldn't figure out in my head is like, Why isn't this possible? All you do is drive. I knew I needed to drive somewhere, whatever it was. I think we ended up driving like 18 hours a day. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I got two drivers. That's like nine hours a piece. That's one more hour than a day of work. Like, so in my mind, it just it was just working. Yeah, but you're driving for days and you're riding for nine hours. Yeah, I mean, true. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes your phone rings. Yeah, you know, it happens to the best of <sighs> yeah, us. It happens to the best of us. Um, okay. Yeah, so it was just, uh, it wasn't, I mean, it's tough because in retrospect, right, everything's not as bad. Uh, it was fun. British Columbia. Uh-oh. <laughs> 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 mm. um, British Columbia was gorgeous. I recommend anybody should go to British Columbia if you want to go see, like, the craziest mountains and animals. We saw, like... You'd have missed the coolest part, though. 
What do you mean? Because you went, you just kept heading east towards yep. Edmonton, yep. right? Yep. So if you drop down south in mm-hmm. British Columbia, you can actually drive like, mm. I don't remember the, I think it's called the Cassiar Highway. Mm-hmm. It's super pretty. Mm-hmm. Looks very similar to Alaska in my mind. But Sure. You know. Well, I was actually impressed with British Columbia because like Alaska has, you know, I've seen the drive to Anchorage both the short way and the long way, right? Mm-hmm. And it's both gorgeous both ways. But British Columbia was just that, but like exponentially more. Think so? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. There was just a lot. There's a little bit more variation, but I never got to the part where driving specifically to Anchorage, you get to the boring parts. You're like, well, ah, it's just the flats now. Yeah. Like that didn't happen until we got out of British Columbia into the next province. And yeah. then it turned into farmland forever. Yeah. And that was Alberta, I think it was. And it was just farmland, which was peculiar to me. Have you ever driven like north from Fairbanks into like, I don't know what that mountain range is, but the, um, like into the what? Into the Brooks, the Brooks or the Whites or something? Brooks Range. Yeah. Yeah. No, I never, I never drove north like up to Elliott or anything like that mm-hmm. up to Coldfoot or anything like that. So past Coldfoot, if you go past Coldfoot to, there's like a state maintenance site up there and it mm-hmm. gets pretty, um, it's kind of cool because you're like in the woods Mm -hmm. and then the woods just stop and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're in Mm. this giant mountain range. Yeah. And it's crazy feeling. You're like enter into a whole different Mm -hmm. world. Mm -hmm. Pretty wild. We should just flip this podcast to just talking about like Alaska. We just, <laughs> just talk about, about mountains. Our, yeah, mountains and scenery and stuff. And we we got to move back to Alaska. Oh, <laughs> I don't want to do it. I'll do this the Jared Williams way and I'll take like three weeks to get up there. Dude. You know. That's what I would do. Stopping, enjoying it. But see, we just knew that like the whole purpose was to get there. Yeah. My dad's a super trooper, which was very grateful for him. Your dad, um, is, he was in the movie Super Troopers? <laughs> <laughs> no, he was not. He'll listen to this and be like, I don't know what movie that is. Um, <laughs> yeah, might probably. not be his type of movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> but he was a super trooper because uh, yeah. he drove a lot. Uh, he couldn't really drive at night because cataracts and stuff, yeah. the lights. So I would usually just take the night shift yep. and then eventually pull over when I'm like, I can't do this anymore. And then he'd be waking up. He's like, what are you sleeping for? Let's go. Doop, doop, doop. And I'm like, uh I'm tired and Dude, I, see that's what's weird about that is so like I'm typically a person that can just tunnel vision and get something done. Mm-hmm. When it comes to driving long distances, <laughs> like six hours in, I'm out. I'm done. You're tapped like, out. You're like, this is all I got. I'm so tired of driving. Well, why do you think that is? I don't I have no idea. You think it's just because it's boring? It's just like it's boring. There's nothing to there's honestly nothing to tunnel vision on. Cause like no. there's not like any challenge, right? You're not like faced with like self-transformational moments where you're like, I need to become a better person to make it to eight hours. You're like, I just got to keep doing the same thing and not hit anything for another two hours. Do you start to ache? Uh, Yeah. My seat was pretty good in my truck though. So like the headrest was kind of weird though. So that sucked. Mm -hmm. But I never got to the point where I was like really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Sleeping was a little bit uncomfortable. I think the hardest part was like... You just slept in your truck? mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds terrible. I know. Well, because we'd only sleep for like three or four hours, if that. This and is then like just go. This is like true Alaskan style. Yeah. Well, this is just get the job done. You know what I'm saying? Just trying yeah. to be done. Hey, more power to you. Yeah. Pulled the trailer. Uh, got to the border. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Canadian border crossing. They didn't care. They're like, "Oh yeah, welcome to Canada." Yeah. Enjoy. And then the American, they were like, "So what you got in the back there?" I was like, oh, just like home stuff. Mm-hmm. And they made me open it up and like my bikes fell out. And they're like, oh, okay, we're good. Just shove it back in there. And then like helped me like shove it back yep. in there and close <laughs> it really quick. And then we went on our way. Isn't it weird how when you're crossing the border into Canada from Alaska, you're like, 
you're quite a ways away from Toke. And there's yeah. the border crossing is just in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and you actually like you said from Canada or from Alaska to Canada? Alaska to Canada. Yeah, yeah. and it's funny because it's like you cross the border and then you get the border crossing. Yeah, it's kind of it's weird. Isn't yeah, it? I was like in my head, I was thinking, I was like, man, they gotta do like there's gotta be a reality show. Oh, okay, I had two thoughts. One, there's gotta be a reality show about being in a border crossing like this. Cause mm-hmm. like who else is there? It's like a town of like the only people who are there is to provide infrastructure to the border crossing moment. Yeah. And then the second thing I was like thinking about, like, okay, so like do you have to work at this border and then you get to go to like an interesting border? Like, like you're, oh, you're, yeah. you're like a DEA agent or something. You're like, all right, well, we're going to post you on Canada, Alaska border and then <laughs> Canada, America border. Yeah. Cause none of those people seemed very happy to me. They were very cranky. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you must be like just getting into your career and maybe yeah. you'll get posted somewhere interesting later. Like Mexico, Mexico border. Yeah. If you yeah. Yeah. If you want to like t- have to try hard and stuff. Okay. When I drove through, so mm-hmm. I've driven from, Fairbanks down in the United States and back mm-hmm. twice now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And both times when I drove from Alaska, it's like you leave Toke, it's kind of the last city you're right. in, and then you make it to the Canadian border, you go through the border crossing. Mm-hmm. The roads from Toke to the border were horrendous. Mm, and yes. then the second we crossed the border, the roads in Canada were like super nice. Oh, interesting. And I don't know if they just redone them when we mm-hmm. both times that we did it, because mm-hmm. we did it two summers in a row. Mm-hmm. But it was that way both summers, both times. Interesting. And it was just funny to me. The first time I did the drive, which was moving up to Alaska, which mm-hmm. was like a long time ago, mm-hmm. I remembered being, there's dirt roads everywhere. Mm-hmm. And that's because there was construction happening. This time, there was a stretch of road. I can't exactly remember where they were, but they got real bad, dude. Just like potholes everywhere. Mm-hmm. What else was but Super frost TV. So if like, mm-hmm. you know, there's just so many dips and I'm in my trailer like, like oh, that's a big one. And then you're like, we go over real fast and stuff. Yep. But yeah, we made it. It was good. My dad's feet really swollen. Yep. Mine were really swollen. Oh, I had my dog and my cat in the truck. They did yeah. better than us. They hung out. They they were fine. They didn't care. No, my cat just like sat up on the back window, just chilled, tried to come up and get annoying and like yep. bug me and get near my feet. Dog just sat there. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, it was cool. And now you're here in now Florida. Here. And it's and it's awesome. Yeah? Yeah. It's a lot better than the AK, in my opinion. Like, what's what's the best part? Mm. Uh, one thing today, I wanted to I want to buy a grill. Mm-hmm. I talked to Eddie about because you know he he's a grill guy. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> I called him at Home Depot. Like actually, Traeger smoker. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. He would say, "See, it's funny because I said like I was looking at it, I'm like looking at a Traeger because that's what they have at Home Depot. That's uh-huh. what I called him. Yeah, and he was like, oh, I didn't do Traeger. And I was like, Well, why? He's like, Well, because it's such an Eddie thing. He's like, if you buy not Traeger pellets, like mm-hmm. if you buy other brand pellets, it'll void your warranty. And he's like, I just think that's stupid. <laughs> so I went with a different brand. <laughs> that is Eddie thing. Yeah, it's 100% Eddie thing. And so he's got a uh, Green Mountain. Mm. So to answer your question, I looked up Green Mountain and I was like, oh, there's like a store on Nine Mile that has Green Mountain grills. Yep. So when you live in when you live in the real world, I can buy things that I need mm-hmm. and they'll ship to my house yep. or I can go get them in yeah. a 20 minute drive. Yeah. In the AK, that doesn't exist. Yes. You just, if you buy, if you want to get something, you're like, well, can I get it shipped here? Maybe if I have my sister buy it and mail it or put it on Linden Transport, I can get it. It's yeah. like this huge thing. And, and I'll have, have it in a month. And I'll have it in a yeah. month. And like at that point, you screw it. Who cares? Yep. So it's nice. That is super nice. Uh, the weather is nice. 
My kids can just ride bikes and go outside. My wife can go on real walks. Mm-hmm. I can sit outside. It's just really the environment's better. Yeah. Um, it's a nice change for sure. And you bought a bike. I did buy a bike. Yeah. I did. But you didn't buy a cool one. No. Yeah, <laughs> you got to work up to a cool one, you know? <laughs> you got uh, to learn how to ride a bike before you really learn how to ride a bike. We'll get you a cool one next week. Mm. Yeah. No, I've spent, I just bought a drum set. That's a lot of my money. Did you order but, your drum set? Yeah, it already showed up. Because I live in really? Pensacola, yeah. Showed up. Oh, wow. I ordered it. Uh, uh, what's today? Wednesday. I ordered it Monday night mm-hmm. or Monday afternoon. Showed up yesterday. Dude, that's rad. Yeah. So now I got to just go get hardware and everything, and then I can start playing drums. I'm excited. Can you get hardware locally? Yeah. Yeah, because hardware is the same everywhere, right? Like, yeah. You, you don't need to go buy like fancy hardware. So I can just go down to the local store buy hardware. I want to get some soundproofing, so. Not so that I can like block out the sound from the rest of my house because it's mm-hmm. drums or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just want it to sound good in there. Yeah. Because like playing drums in just an open room is just like really reverby and it's just, yeah. It's way more fun when your instrument sounds good. Yes. I can attest to that. Yes. It's really lame if you're playing and your inter- instrument sounds terrible. Yeah. It's just that's not fun. Sure. So, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm going to do this week, um, later Ooh. this week. Soundproof your office yeah i'm looking into it there's a couple yeah my office there's a couple things i'm looking at like there's different programs where i just don't know what to buy i don't know what level i want to do the cool thing about the soundproofing is i can take it all with me when we move somewhere else so it's like i can invest in the better soundproofing materials because mm-hmm. i don't need to i can just take it with me mm-hmm. so yeah yeah i'm checking it out dude you just got to hang up moving blankets i see that i don't have my moving blankets anymore though Could've you can get them, them at home depot for like yeah, They're super cheap, like yeah. five bucks. It's kind of funny how cheap they are. Like U-Haul just gives them to you. Yeah, you can go buy like soundproof blankets, mm-hmm. 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 and it's literally the exact same thing. Or you can go to Home Depot and get them for five yeah, bucks. Yeah, that's funny. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that would work. <sighs> mm-hmm. it, it, they're kind of ugly. They don't look that cool, but it yeah. works. Yeah, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. I could even just start with that. Because mm-hmm. then, yeah, because I can put it over my window. Because mm-hmm. I have a window in there, and windows aren't great for sound. Yeah. Hmm. Then I could just do that, and then I wouldn't have to worry about a whole bunch of money in this moment. Man, Jared, that's a Home Depot thing right there. Dude. You're trying to already sneak in I'm there smart, to work man. there. Yeah. Smarter than I look. Yeah, that's what people say about you. Dude, so you were telling me earlier about this sales call mm-hmm. that you took today. Mm-hmm. You were talking to some dude, mm-hmm. and he had something going on that was funny. What, what was it? He was stuck? Yeah, so he was... He was stuck. Uh, he had three trucks, three technicians, which is mm-hmm. nice because sometimes I get on the phone and guys are like, I got three trucks and six techs. I'm like, oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Already, we're already in a danger zone, right? Yeah. And you have just six people doing something. But he was like, three trucks, three technicians, okay. And I mean, I, there was, there's probably, like now I'm just thinking about so many different questions that I could have asked him. Mm-hmm. But the thing that was hard for me to answer this, which I think you'd be good at answering, is like, okay, he's stuck. But he seems to be making money because we went over his numbers a little bit. Like he's not doing flat rate pricing all the way. He's still doing maybe bills some over the phone or give some estimates over the phone. So he's still mm-hmm. doing things a little bit weird. But he's like, you know, he's like, yeah, in May was kind of slow. We did 73000 you know, mm-hmm. in May with three technicians. And then he says, after expenses, I was profiting like 20000 this month. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, 
20, 20 K is pretty good. Like, so it was weird to me. It was just a moment where I was like, I was expecting him to be like, Oh yeah, we are profiting like 2%. Right. I was not expecting like a 40% profit margin for that month. Yep. Now who's to say what the year looked like, right? That would have been a better follow-up question. Like, all right, cool. So what's your year look like? Mm-hmm. And that would have given me a realistic feel for it. Mm-hmm. But you know, I just didn't ask the right questions, but I was still just like, huh? So I was just wondering, like, it would be a great call for you to take because then you would be able to know what questions to ask. So maybe my question to you is like, okay, I'm the business owner on this position. What should I be thinking about? Like, why am I in this position? What questions should I be asking of my own business in this moment? Yeah. And my guess is he's probably stuck because like, he doesn't know what to do next. Mm -hmm. Right. And he wants to do more of what he's doing because it's working. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. But he can't. Like he just physically can't because he's like, he probably doesn't have hardly any overhead, mm-hmm. probably nobody answering his phones, mm-hmm. probably doing minimal amounts of marketing. You know, his overhead is super low mm-hmm. to be able to pull 20000 a month in profit on a mm-hmm. 60K month, right? Right, right. And he's probably paying his guys hardly anything. He probably has no debt on his vehicles. Mm-hmm. And so he's able to make a profit because his overhead is so low. Right? Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you can play that game, but you can only grow so much. Sure. Like, if you want to grow, you got to go buy another vehicle. Mm-hmm. So they have to wait till you have that cash to go buy a new vehicle mm-hmm. and keep your overhead low. But eventually, mm, but sure. like, so you make sixty grand in cash over a course of three months. Well, if you go buy a sixty thousand dollar vehicle, then the last three months you basically didn't make a profit, right? Yeah, gotcha. And that's yeah. probably what is missing in there. Yeah, and then also like his circumstance because he wasn't he's not a plumber himself right and he owns three other businesses within the home services market i can't remember what they were i don't even think we talked about what they were Mm -hmm. so there's other complexities there because like you know if we would have drilled down deeper Mm -hmm. i mean my guess is that he could be taking a salary for himself through these other businesses not Uh necessarily his plumbing business right his business partner if that business partner is also partnered with him on these other businesses could also be taking a salary from there, right? Yep. His business partner is still in the truck. Yep. So that could be essentially he's paying two technicians now, not yeah. not three technicians. And he's not paying an owner salary and he's not paying a general manager salary. Yep. And I'm just guessing here, right? I'm just trying to like think in my head where it could be. So it's like, but the point is, <laughs> the point is, is his plumbing business, if that is the case, right? So let's mm-hmm. pretend that's the case. His plumbing business isn't positioned to be a successful entity on its own. Nobody right. would come to his plumbing business and be like, let me purchase this. Right. Actually, hold on. This is this is a good point because he was also doing his own marketing. Mm-hmm. And I think he was fairly successful because mm-hmm. he was keeping three guys busy, just his own hands on the gears, as mm-hmm. it were. But still, if he wants to position that company to sell, somebody's going to be like, okay, so you don't have a marketing company. You do that. Yep. Okay. So you're not, we're not paying an owner, right? Yep. So we would have to account for that. Yep. So there's already some things where somebody, it wouldn't value as high because it's not quite running like clockwork yet. Yeah. So that would be another angle where yeah. it would be helpful for him to just see that. So I mean, if he were to go, you know, take on the expenses needed to grow, mm-hmm. then I think he would find himself not profitable, right? Yes. Which is probably what he's looking at. He's probably looking at it going, well, I can't afford to bring on these expenses and grow, you know, and mm-hmm. still make a profit. Mm-hmm. And he's like, so how do I do this? Mm-hmm. Right. Do you know what he was charging per hour? I don't. Um, so my guess is. Oh, he, wait, I do. It was either he said, because I said, like, give me like a ballpark average. Uh-huh. And he says, 
between 150 and 200 bucks an hour. Yeah. So he's already like low on that side, Mm -hmm. but it was still in my head. You know, I just don't think I was thinking clearly enough. And because I was like, oh, well, he's still at high profit margins, but I just Mm -hmm. didn't think it all the way through Mm -hmm. to realize that like, oh, there's a reason why your profit margins are high. And it's not like you making it work at 200 bucks an hour. It's because there's other things happening that are abnormal to his situation. Right. Yep. And so he probably like in his mind, he can't go any higher. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's looking at growing and he's looking at, okay, well, if I want to grow, I got to incur these expenses. Right. And then he's like, but with how lean I'm running my business right now with no truck payments, mm-hmm. no owner salary, no mm-hmm. marketing budget, mm-hmm. hardly mm-hmm. I'm not paying a marketing company. Mm-hmm. How do I afford to grow? Right. Mm-hmm. Cause if I can't charge any more than 150 to $200 an hour, right. then I'm not going to be able to afford all this stuff. Right. And if I do grow, I'm not going to be profitable. Right? Right. right. So he's been successful to a point. Now he's like capped. Yeah. But what's funny about that is it's like, it's really like for him, he could probably just change his mindset about mm-hmm. how much he can charge the customer mm-hmm. and he could totally flip that around. Yeah. Like he's gotten savvy enough to get three guys going mm-hmm. and, and, and make it work to an extent. Mm-hmm. He could probably figure it out. Yeah. And what I told him, I was like, you know, at the end of these conversations, I always try to give everybody as much, many resources as they can. Mm-hmm. So if they don't reconnect back with us, then at least they have something in their toolkit. Because mm-hmm. I was like, hey, man, because he's never run a pricing calculator. I was like, mm-hmm. hey, man, like run this pricing calculator to see where you're at. Mm-hmm. And then talk to your business partner who is a technician. Because for you, because he sees himself sort of as like the marketing guy of the company. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is like something that we can talk about too, like having business partners it can, it can slow your potential to growth. Sorry, I'm not phrasing that correctly. At the rate you're going to grow, it might be slower because you have two people to convince of what to do. Mm-hmm. So, and what I told him, I was like, listen, when you run your pricing calculator, you're probably going to be more expensive. You have to make sure that your business partner, who is a technician, is comfortable selling at that rate and yeah. the rest of the guys. Because if you're going to have a conflict there, that's a bad conflict to have because that's the one that's going to keep you where you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, his sort of mindset is, like, I think he likes the marketing side because he's comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's a, he's a very smart guy. Like, he made – I didn't get to ask him about this stuff, but he made his own, like, CRM that he works with. Uh-huh. And I don't know what that means. I didn't talk to him about it. Mm-hmm. So he's very tech savvy, and I think he likes where he's at. Mm-hmm. But the reality is for his business to grow, if he wants his plumbing business to become, like, its own entity, mm-hmm. then he's going to have to, like, take a – step back from certain things and just be the business owner. And then his partner is going to have to take a step back and they're going to have to work in unison to actually push this company where it's going or it's, it's just, it's not going to go very far. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point with the, you know, the partner thing. Mm -hmm. Like I've seen a lot of partnerships not work out Mm -hmm. for that very reason. So like my first business was a partnership. Right. And the reason it didn't work out is because in the beginning, like we didn't, we didn't talk to each other about what we wanted with mm. the business. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up going to work. We went after work that we could, that we knew we could be profitable at and get mm-hmm. paid right away. So we immediately went into that kind of work, which was good. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is cool. There's a lot of opportunity here. Um, and my business partner was like, yeah, this is cool, but this is like small potatoes. And he wanted mm-hmm. to go after bigger work. Cause he right. thought that's where the opportunity was. Sure. And then he was willing to like work, non-stop in order to get there. Yeah, sure. And I was like, man, I want to work like maximum 40 hours a week. Right. If I could work less and make the same amount of money, right. 
that'd be ideal, mm-hmm. right? So we wanted two totally different things. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, he was working all the time, always going after these big jobs. I was hardly working mm. and <laughs> wanting to go out through these little jobs, yeah, right? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, and I and at that point in time, I was like, man, you know, there's nobody out here that wants to come replace a toilet flapper because they think there's no money in it. Mm-hmm. What if we just price ourselves appropriately to where we actually make money at it? Right. 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 I saw that then. Um, and then I got distracted for like three years <laughs> because, yeah, yeah, because yeah. of like the business partnership and then it didn't work out. Right. And then I went to work for myself a few times mm-hmm. and I still didn't know, like I saw that opportunity, but I didn't know how to make it work. Mm-hmm. Sure. It wasn't until like that third time that sure. it opened up that I was like, oh, dang. Oh yeah, gotcha. You know, <clears throat> I remember I had a guy call me. He called me and he was like, hey man, I need somebody to come work on my toilet. It's r- just running all the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, it's probably just your flapper. Like mm-hmm. just pull the lid off the tank. The tank mm-hmm. is the piece in the back mm-hmm. and like, go get in there and wiggle that chain and mm-hmm. replace your flapper if you need to. And he's mm-hmm. like, I don't want to touch it. Mm-hmm. I just want somebody to come over. And I'm like, yeah, well for me, like to come over and just replace your flapper, there's, I mean, there's not much in it for me. Mm-hmm. And he goes, look, I've called like five or six people and nobody wants to touch my toilet. And he's like, I just need it repaired. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. And at that point in time, I was <laughs> like, huh. He was like, I'll pay you whatever you want to just come fix my toilet. Mm, interesting. And I was like, huh. Mm. So nobody is going through and fixing flappers. Right. So here's this giant opportunity for me to go do this work that everybody else thinks mm-hmm. because they don't believe about, you know, they believe they can only charge so much. Mm-hmm. Um, now here's this opportunity for me to go in and actually charge what I need to charge in order to make a profit. Right. And I can go make money changing flappers. Right. So I remember I was like charging like 260 bucks to change a flapper. I was mm-hmm. there for five minutes. Mm-hmm. Nobody cared. Mm-hmm. They're like, like, thank you. Yeah. yeah. They're just happy to have somebody come and fix it. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. when it started dawning on me. I was mm-hmm. like, huh, okay. Mm-hmm. I got to figure out this pricing thing. Like, mm-hmm. I got to figure out what it actually cost me to run my business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then how much you need to charge to actually make a profit at that. Right. Yeah, and I think what you said there is cool is that you saw an opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like I think everybody listening should look at, like, because like sometimes people get like sort of jaded and bent out of shape where they're at. They're tired, they're stuck. Yep. They forget that there are opportunities out there. Yep. And to like remember and think about what those opportunities are. Because yep. if we can think about that and then like you knew there was an opportunity because you saw there was a need for this style of work. Mm-hmm. And then now you know, like, yeah, that's just like all the styles of work, yeah. right? You can price everything properly, mm-hmm. and then you can take care of all those needs, all those opportunities. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that was kind of the moment I remember that day. Mm. I forgot about that till just now. Yeah, good. Yeah, That's a good moment. It was a good moment. It was real good. And that's, yeah, and that's cool because it's like you gleaned a little insight on a very small thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like wisdom doesn't always come in like big, showy, huge moments. It's just like, yep. oh, this is a very small problem. Yep. But it's a problem that is actually profitable. And maybe there's another thing in this where it's like... But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. That's actually a big problem, right? Mm. So there's a big problem in the world of people who want somebody to come to their house quickly, mm. fix their flapper quickly, mm-hmm. Mm, and mm-hmm. offer a warranty and take payment and mm. them mm. get their day back, right? Mm-hmm. That's a big opportunity because there's not that many companies doing it. Sure. Like there's so many companies doing it wrong mm-hmm. that for 
like a homeowner, like that's a big opportunity for mm -hmm. plumbers to take advantage of, mm -hmm. right? It's huge. Mm -hmm. Like there's millions of dollars in that. Sure. It's a big problem mm -hmm. in the yeah, United sure, States. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. So like I'm a fan of solving big problems so right. you can charge big money for it. Right. This is a, that's a big problem. Mm, yeah. And so it's cool because it's like, it's not one singular big problem. Yeah. It is a series of small big problems, mm -hmm. but they all equal a big problem at the end of the day. Yep. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. I remember after that, I went and I ran a pricing calculator. I got mm -hmm. a coach, ran mm -hmm. a pricing calculator. And I remember I went and did this water heater for this guy. Mm-hmm. And I was charging $259 at the time, mm -hmm. which I thought was just absolutely insane. Mm -hmm. And this guy had an electric water heater. It was in his basement. Mm -hmm. It wasn't too terribly hard to get out. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I quoted him like $2,200 to mm -hmm. replace this electric water heater. It was, a, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think I spent like $800 on parts, mm -hmm. um, which now we'd be way more than that. It's kind right. of funny. Right. $800 <laughs> on parts. I was done in two hours. And I was, you know, I quoted him the job and I was like, man, what is he going to say? Like, I just got this done in two hours and it right. was like 2,200 bucks. Right. And I remember at the end of it, he goes, you sure you're making enough money on this? Hmm. And I was like, yeah, I'm sure. I'm hmm. positive. <laughs> <laughs> why, why did he say that? Why did he ask you that? He was just a really cool dude. Yeah, sure. Like, he so just he's... wanted to make sure he was like, you know, he, to him, it was very valuable. Yeah. Because... Sure. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. that particular job, I'd answered my phone mm -hmm. and I was right down the street. So you were just like... And so I came right over in like 10 mm -hmm. minutes. Mm -hmm. I talked to him about his water heater. I gave him a price on the spot. Mm -hmm. He was like, yeah, when can we do it? And I said, I'll do it right now. Mm -hmm. I went and got the water heater. I ripped his old one out. I put the new one in like literally like three hours from when he called yeah, me from... to, when his, to when I was billing him, right? Yeah. And so to him, it was super valuable. Sure. And that's what I kind of missed for a long time. So his perception of the service was like, this was freaking awesome. I mm -hmm. called the guy. He answered his phone. He came over. He mm -hmm. diagnosed my problem. He gave me a solution. And he fixed it right then. He fixed it right then and there. Mm -hmm. Three hours later, I got hot water back on mm -hmm. and it's got a warranty and I don't have to worry mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. It's like before even the rest of my family got home, the problem was fixed. Yeah. Nobody even knew there was a problem except for me. Yeah. And yeah. so for him, he was like, you sure you're making enough money on this? Yeah, because he was like, this was this was great. Yeah, this is the best service I've ever gotten, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So go ahead. It was funny because then he's like, hey, do you want to come look at my kitchen faucet? And I was like, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Ended up having like a cartridge that was bad. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I can replace your cartridge. And like it's in Fairbanks, you got to order cartridges. Mm -hmm. So it's like a, you got to go find it on, on homedepot.com, mm -hmm. have it shipped there, come mm -hmm. back, put it in. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's not the right one. <laughs> It's a pain in the butt. <laughs> yeah. So I always priced them high. Yeah. Right. So I think just to replace the cartridge was like $400. Yeah. And he was like, huh, should I just get a new faucet? And I was like, yeah, I could get you a new faucet for like four, $450. Mm -hmm. He's mm -hmm. like, cool, let's do it. Mm -hmm. So I put a new faucet in for the guy, like well, right then and there. Yeah. He was stoked. Huh. And that's the day. So that day I made like, you know, I maybe spent a thousand dollars in parts mm -hmm. and I walked away with like 2,600 bucks mm -hmm. in the first half of the day. Sure. And yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. man, if you could get, if you could do this every day. Right. And you could, you know, duplicate this mm -hmm. every day between mm -hmm. enough people, mm -hmm. this could be a really good moneymaker. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
Yeah, I think... Okay, I think there's sometimes there's this perception because i'll have these conversations with guys i'll be like okay well you got to be more expensive and they're like oh yeah how do i do that like you know offer same day service and all these kinds of things Mm -hmm. and a lot of times i hear like okay we are doing this Mm -hmm. and my guess is that mm, i guess to be candid i would probably say like you're probably not doing it like maybe not to the extent of what you are doing it right Mm -hmm. because it's like so what in your business needs to be in place to actually offer same day service realistically. Mm-hmm. Like, what does that look like? Because some guys are like, they think, they think about it. Like, well, how do I even do that? Right. Like, how do I offer that? Like, what if two calls come in in the t- same time? Like mm-hmm. I can't schedule that the same day. Like what happens? And I sort mm-hmm. of know the back end from just Ayla doing it mm-hmm. and how the juggling really works because some people need same day service and some people appreciate it, but Hey man, like that thing can wait till tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So then there's the strategy of like, Oh yeah, I got you on a schedule today. Hold on. Then make a call like hey we gotta i gotta move you sorry something came up and whatever the case may mm-hmm. be yeah and then that customer is fine with it and then you get that other problem that's yep. mm, more imminent right yeah um you should be getting to the problems that are gonna make you the most money right like mm-hmm. it and it kind of sounds bad like mm-hmm. when you say it mm-hmm. like okay <laughs> we're gonna move this guy because this guy's gonna pay us more money mm-hmm. but that's business right like, you have a business to run you have mm-hmm. all these expenses mm-hmm. you have mm-hmm. to pay you need to go take the opportunities to get to the jobs that are going to pay you the most. Sure. You have a responsibility to do that. Yeah, sure, sure. To make sure that you're covering your guy's labor, Mm -hmm. your guy's benefits, Mm -hmm. you know, your labor, your benefits, your family. Right. Taking care of your CSRs, making Mm -hmm. sure the whole machine stays running, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So you have a responsibility to do that. That's Mm -hmm. the right way to look at it. Mm -hmm. And then, like you said, like most people, you call them, like if you get them on the schedule and you call them ahead of time, and you say, hey, we had a job take a little bit longer. Do you mind if we move you to tomorrow? Mm-hmm. We do your first thing, and we'll give you 10% off. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. They're happy. They're yep. tickled to death most mm-hmm. of the time. Mm-hmm. If they're super unhappy, you say, okay, let me call some other people and see if I can sure. keep you squeezed in here. Yeah, sure. And I'll see if I can move somebody yeah. else, right? Yeah. So then you can go to somebody else, and eventually mm-hmm. you'll find somebody that's willing to get moved to mm-hmm. the next day, mm-hmm. especially if you offer them 10% off. Yep, yep. And the trick to that is... You have to charge, you know, Mm -hmm. you have to calculate for 10% Mm -hmm. more in your profit margins Mm -hmm. so that you can just throw out 10% discounts to your customers. Mm -hmm. That way you can do things like that. Right. Right. Yeah, I gotcha. So then you already have to be more, okay. Okay. That definitely helps answer my question of like actually making it happen Mm -hmm. because you have the ability to move people to Mm -hmm. offer that same day service to those larger problems. Yep. And you can sort of ease the blow, as you say, with the discount, Yep. but you're not losing on that discount or you're not even at cost on that discount. You're still making no. money yeah. and it's still okay. Yeah. So like if you wanted to maintain 20% profit margins, mm-hmm. figure your pricing at 30% profit. Right. And then you can always afford to discount 10%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you move somebody, you can discount them 10%. If you mess up on a job mm-hmm. and somebody calls and they're not happy about something, mm-hmm. you can apologize, you can fix it, and then you can mm-hmm. reimburse them 10%. Sure. Um, you can offer 10% off your membership, and it's just an easy way to go. You can use that as a discount. Mm-hmm. Like if you mm-hmm. go to somebody's house and they're like, man, that's really expensive, you can say, I'm allowed to give a first-time customer discount 10% yeah, sure. off. That sure. puts your bill down to this. Does mm-hmm. that help you out? Mm-hmm. Right? So it's just a good tool to have in your back pocket. Yeah. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. I think, um, you know, there's a lot of guys who, who 
are offering same day service. They mm-hmm. are offering really high quality service. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Their technicians do look nice. They do mm-hmm. drive nice vans. They mm-hmm. do do good work. Um, and they don't understand the the worth of the value that they're bringing to the marketplace. Sure. So they're already doing that. Can you paint me a picture of like what that day would look like? Like just what you said, they are doing all these things and mm-hmm. they're trying really hard. Yep. Um, but maybe they're not priced to where they can do it completely properly or they don't have the systems within their CSRs to do it very, just like we spoke about. Like mm-hmm. what does that look like in their day? So like we just ran into a guy who is doing all of the stuff, yep. right? Like he's literally running a really good plumbing business, mm-hmm. but he's only charging enough to run his plumbing business, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Sure. at the end of the month, he billed out two hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars, but he spent one hundred ninety nine thousand, right, <laughs> yeah. to make it happen. Yeah. So he's yeah. just running a charity, basically. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, huh. He's just covering his costs, right? Yeah. So, you know, lucky for him, he was charging enough to at least break even, mm-hmm. right, rather mm-hmm. than go in the hole. But mm. so mm-hmm. he's sure. kind of at that spot. He's got four or five guys, yeah, um, doing everything right but he can't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's completely stuck. He's stuck. He can't get any more work because he doesn't have any money to put into marketing. Yeah. And he's yep. just chilling there. Yeah, and he doesn't know where to go. Yeah. And so you bring him in, you have him do a cost analysis mm-hmm. of their business, and you break that down into how many available hours they have, and then break it even mm-hmm. further into a billable hour and how mm-hmm. much that costs them to provide that to the customer. Mm-hmm. And they're like, like mind blown, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, light bulb goes off in their head. They're like, yeah. holy cow. Yeah. But then the funny huh. part about that is they're like, okay, <laughs> you know, I always say if you're, if you're going to charge premium prices, you got to bring a premium product, right? Yep. So you got to bring enough value to the customer mm-hmm. that the, what you have to charge for your service is worth it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so they don't feel like they're getting ripped off. And right. you as the company and the technicians don't feel like you're ripping people off. Right. But what I think a lot of, like this guy, for instance, mm-hmm. and what I think a lot of people miss out on mm. is they don't even comprehend the value they're already bringing yeah, to the marketplace. I agree. I right? agree. Mm-hmm. They, they undervalue everything mm-hmm. they're doing in mm-hmm. their heads. And so like mm-hmm. this guy, he's mm-hmm. like, he's like, okay, so then how do I bring more value so that I'm worth that? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, you're already worth it. Yeah. You're just not charging it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, sure. And you're not worth you're not thinking up here that you're worth it. Yeah. And that's the beauty of like running a cost analysis mm. on your business. Mm-hmm. It's like if you can tie mm, sure. You know, <clears throat> the the worth of something I'll call it. Mm-hmm. Like the worth of the value that you bring is determined by how much it costs you to bring that value to the marketplace, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you if you bring that value to the marketplace, say you have you know wrapped trucks, right? Right. Sure. All sure. your trucks are wrapped. They're nice trucks. Mm-hmm. You have a payment on those trucks. Mm-hmm. That's a value that you're bringing to the marketplace, right? Mm-hmm. The customer Mm-hmm. sees the nice vehicle, they feel taken care of, they remember your brand, right. they feel like they're going to get a good quality product, it raises your perceived value mm-hmm. in the customer's mm-hmm. mind, okay? That costs you something, right? Sure, of course. So that cost plus the profit margin on that cost, mm-hmm. that's the dollar representation of the value sure. that you're bringing to the marketplace, yeah, okay? Yeah, 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 gotcha, gotcha. 
right? Mm-hmm. And so that's how you determine what your worth is. Mm. Like your worth is based huh. on on the value you're bringing in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. anybody else who came into the marketplace mm-hmm. and they wanted mm-hmm. to offer mm-hmm. the same value as mm-hmm. you to the end customer, mm-hmm. they would have to incur all of those same costs. Yeah, sure. So if they were any cheaper than you, mm. then they're not going to bring be able to bring the same value. Mm. That's the beauty of going in and going, okay, is every cost that I have, number one, does it bring value to the customer? Mm-hmm. Does it make my service better? Does it make the experience right, 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 better? Right, right. Is it is it bringing value to my customer, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you need to know your customer, first of all. Sure. Right? What does your customer want? Mm-hmm. Um, who is my customer mm-hmm. and what do they want, basically? Mm-hmm. Um, and then do all of my expenses that I have in my business bring more value or allow me to bring more value mm-hmm. to the customer? Mm-hmm. Okay. What do those expenses all cost? Mm-hmm. And then that's a dollar representation of the value you're bringing to the market. Mm. And nobody else is going to be able to do it any cheaper mm-hmm. unless you have things in your business that are just dumb expenses. Right, right? of course. Then obviously, if you're charging the customer for those, then somebody's going to be able to come in and do it cheaper. Right, because they don't have the whatever dumb expense <coughs> it might be. Yeah, that's actually, right. that's, that's <clears throat> I think that's really profound because... I've had conversations with guys and again, they're like, man, I'm doing all these things. Mm-hmm. And up until this point, like this conversation, I would be like, okay, well we can add more value to it. But what you're saying is makes much more sense where it's like, yeah, great. Like you just need to actually realize that you're worth that, mm-hmm. which is really powerful because all that requires is not necessarily adding more things because again, the customer, all I want is somebody to take care of my problem right now in a, such a way that somebody's not going to have to come back later and fix it. Yep. And even if that does happen, there I'm not paying for that. Yeah. And the, I'm not really losing a lot of time because that company is set up to do that. That's all I want. Yeah. You just want to feel taken care of, mm-hmm. and you want to be taken care of in a timely manner, mm-hmm. and you want to know that it's going to have a warranty. Yep. Right? So I would say that most of the people I talk to are already doing that. Yeah. And so I think it's such a good, I mean, the line of just being like, okay, great. Cause that man, it's so cool. Cause they're like, well, what can I add more? And it's like, realistically, like maybe a couple things, like maybe mm-hmm. if you hop on service Titan, you'll get a little bit more wiggle, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe if you don't have a van wrap, that would certainly help. Like there's little things that you can tweak, mm-hmm. but if they're pretty much showing up same day, taking care of the customer well, cause they really care, which mm-hmm. a lot of guys do, yep. then it's just being like, realize that what you do is special. Yes. Like you're already doing something incredibly special. Yep. Like I had a great conversation with a guy today where he is still contracting, right? He's still like, I don't know if I want to start my business. People tell me it's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but after talking to this guy, I was like, dude, you don't like working for people, do you? He's like, no, I hate working for people. Like, that's funny because it reminded me of you. He's like, uh-huh. everybody I work with are idiots. They all suck. Like, yeah. like just, it's hard, right? It's mm-hmm. hard to like show up to a job and all your materials aren't there. And the project manager's asking you, what should you do next? And you're like, dude, yep. <laughs> I don't know. I'm the plumber. Do whatever you want. I'm yeah. just trying to do my job. And so- once I got him to the point where I felt like he wanted to actually move forward and start his own plumbing business, mm-hmm. I wanted to just reaffirm him that like, dude, what you do is very valuable. Yeah. Like the skill of plumbing is an incredibly important skill that mm-hmm. is necessary. Mm-hmm. Everybody is going to need it. If people don't attend to the plumbing within our society, we get diseases and die. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's like at the extreme, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm telling this guy, it's like, dude, you have an opportunity, like a huge opportunity because you know the hard yeah. part. Well, the first hard part, which is the skills of plumbing. Yep. And now you have to learn the second hard part, which is the skills of business. Yep. But if you can maintain your ferocity, 
and do those things and execute, you can have an incredibly valuable product. Yep. And you won't even have to change a whole lot about what you're doing. You just have to change how you think about what you're doing. Yep. So you have to go, you have to wake up instead of going like, oh man, I can't, I would never be able to charge $450 per hour. You're mm -hmm. like, of course I could. Cause that's the value I'm already delivering at yeah. least. Yep. And if I can believe that, then I can tell my technicians that that's what it is. Yep. And then to have the conversation with them, like even with like, yeah, and just have that conversation so that they can do the same thing and they can see that value. So yep. that's a really cool thing. It's just like, if it's in our own head, that's something that we can fix a lot easier than keep trying to do these new things we've never thought of. Oh yeah, totally. hundred percent. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's the beauty of the cost analysis again. Yeah. It's, you, you just can't go wrong. You're, you're literally charging for the value that you're bringing to the table. What's beautiful about the cost analysis is like what other areas of our lives can we get an objective opinion on value? Yeah. Right? Like I don't get an objective opinion on value on the dishes I do in my house. Nope. I know it's valuable, but nobody says, Joel, this is worth this much, right? You They're, could probably figure that out. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you could probably, probably could. call up a maid service. Like yeah, I think yeah, everybody sure. should do that. Like mm -hmm. if you're making, mm -hmm. I think you should figure out what you're making, mm -hmm. divided by how many hours you work. Mm -hmm. And whatever you're making on an hourly basis, mm -hmm. if you can get your dishes done for less than that. Yeah, sure. And it's less effort on sure. your part, then do it. Yeah, or freeze means. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, we were thinking about that because Ayla and I were talking about hiring a cleaning service mm -hmm. because uh, this was back in Fairbanks. But just because we're like, you know what? If we didn't have to clean our house, think about what we could do. Oh, like, dude, I know. Like, especially yeah. like when Ayla, because she was working at the time, mm -hmm. so she could never really clean the house like she wants to. She mm -hmm. wants it to be clean in a certain way. Yep. And she would always be stressed out because she's like, I can't actually clean my house because I have to work. I got all these kids. You're working. There's just no time. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, I wonder like what it would cost to just have somebody in clean. Mm -hmm. And once you get over the fact that somebody's in your house cleaning, whatever, yep. then it's just like, oh, it would free up this many hours per day, which would allow us to do this many other things. And like for us, it didn't pencil, mm -hmm. but if you are the business owner, dude, I, I would imagine it would pencil very quickly. Things because, will start to pencil, yeah. Yeah, because in the business owner perspective, your time is incredibly valuable. Mm -hmm. And so if you're like, man, if I have to go home and I have to do this sort of menial task, like keeping my house clean, mm -hmm. and it takes me, well, let's just say it takes you an hour, mm -hmm. right? That could be an hour where you could be devoting to understanding something in your business so that you can have a better opportunity to be successful the next day and the next day after that. It could literally just be an hour that you're devoting to exercise. Sure. And yeah, that yeah, would yeah. be better than cleaning your house. Like if yeah. cleaning your house was the thing that took up enough time to where you couldn't exercise, mm -hmm. then exercising is going to make you a much more valuable business owner because yeah. you're going to have way more energy. Mm -hmm. You're going to be have mm -hmm. way more brain power. And you're going to be much better at doing what you do at work. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I'm, I think like mowing your yard. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's the first thing you should go like, yeah. <clears throat> let's go hire somebody to mow my yard. Yeah. Right. Like our yard guy charges. I don't even know what he charges. <laughs> it's like 40 bucks. Yeah. 50 bucks maybe. Even if it's 60 bucks. Mm -hmm. He comes once a week. Mm -hmm. He mows the yard. Mm -hmm. He weed wax. He edges, mm -hmm. he cleans up our bushes and stuff, and your camera died. Oh, you got to be kidding me. Dude, work is so hard. <laughs> work is hard. You got to get the little, like, dangly, like, chargey, chargey guys where you can, like, plug them in and charge them. 
Yeah. Um, they overheat if you do that. Really? Yeah. I have one. How do people survive in this world? Dude, I don't know, dude. My camera. I need a tech guy. Yeah. Okay, anyway, I'm going to finish my sentence. Yeah, finish your sentence. Is that back on? No. Well, we got to swap the battery. <laughs> okay, finish your sentence. <laughs> I don't remember what I was saying. Costa's going to have to work hard for this one. Like my yard guy. Yeah, 40 bucks, 60 bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 40 bucks, $60 an hour, mm-hmm. blah, 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 whatever, right? <laughs> doesn't even matter what he charges. It could be $100. We're going to leave it uncut because like, it's funnier. I, <laughs> maybe. I don't even have to, like, I don't even own a lawnmower. So yeah, I didn't sure. have to go buy a lawnmower. Mm-hmm. There's cost savings on a lawnmower, plus the gas. time, mm-hmm. plus the me maintaining a lawnmower. Plus the space in your garage. The space in my garage. I don't own a weed whacker. I don't have to think about going and getting the line for the weed whacker. I don't mm. think I have to think about any of that, making sure I have gas, none mm-hmm. of that, right? Mm-hmm. So gets rid of so much space in my brain mm. that it's well worth me paying the whatever it costs. I don't even right. know for the guy to mow my yard, right? right? Because my time is worth more than that. Sure, yeah. Dude, yeah. Let's remember that once you fix that battery. Yeah. Talk about time. I'm getting more coffee. Welcome back to the Jared Williams podcast. Thank you for being here. (laughs) There was a couple of... uh, Well, really, we just had to get more coffee. That's actually what really had to happen. (sighs) You know, if Joe Rogan can take a pee break every 45 minutes, I can get coffee every 45 minutes. Does he really take a pee break? Yes, I love it. It's hilarious. It's so funny because like... How does he break? Does he be he like... Goes, he goes, he goes, hey, man, I got to pee really quick. <laughs> and then they just like... And then he comes out, he's like, okay, thanks, man, I'm back. And then it was a funny... It was a couple episodes ago or some time ago where he was like, man, I just can't hold out for three hours anymore. Like, I used to be able to do it, but I'm just getting older. Dude, if you hit me up in the morning, I pee a lot in the morning. <laughs> I don't know if it's because mm. I drink so much coffee in the morning mm. and water or if it's like... I don't know what it is. It's... I've been that way for a long time, though. Mm. Like, go to the job site in the morning. Yeah, sure. I just, like, the first three hours. Like, doing service work, that's yeah. the worst. Yeah, like, sure, because you're like, where do you pee? Yeah, you're like, I don't want right? to pee in the person's bathroom. Yeah. Like, plumbers always peeing in the bathroom. No, no, no. Don't let your guys pee in other people's bathrooms. Yeah, don't that's let them test no, the no. toilets. Like, tell them they got to hold it or they got to have a pee bottle or something. <laughs> don't right? let them use their pee bottle in the customer's bathroom either. They need to go, like, somewhere else to use the pee bottle. Dude, there's a big, like, debate on pee bottle or no pee bottle. Within, like, the plumbing crowd? Mm-hmm. Dude, that's mm-hmm. hilarious. That is such a niche, like, mm-hmm. behind-the-curtain thing. I always told all, everybody, like, me and homeless people, we got the same problem. Like, <laughs> where am I going to take my next dump? <laughs> yeah. Like, where am I going to yeah. go pee, right? That's, that's, that is funny. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of funny. Things that you don't think about where you're, like, suddenly mm-hmm. you have to pee and you're in somebody's bathroom and you, like, look at the toilet and you're like, well... Don't do it, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, be, yeah. The, so... The uh-huh. last company that I worked for, mm-hmm. they had a guy that mm-hmm. went to somebody's house mm-hmm. and he had to take a dump. Mm-hmm. The homeowner wasn't home. <laughs> oh, man. And so he took a dump, right. flushed the toilet, mm-hmm. and walked out. Mm-hmm. Well, come to find out, the toilet clogged <sighs> and flooded their bathroom. Oh, dude. So the homeowner came home knowing that this company had just been to their house with <laughs> a giant mess of poo in their bathroom, right? <laughs> and and so the company I was working for, yeah. they they only have like 15 reviews. And so sure, they got this sure. one star review mm-hmm. and it's literally like the last review they got. It mm-hmm. stuck it was like on the top for mm-hmm. like 3 years. Mm-hmm. This company sucks. The technician came to my house and <laughs> took, took a massive <laughs> shit in my toilet <laughs> and, and, and overflowed it with poo, right? 
even though <sighs> even though the company went back and like took yeah, care of yeah, it, yeah, they did it. But that's still it, the review, dude. That was the review. Yeah, and it tanked their reviews from a five star review to like a four point one. Yeah, and they don't like they didn't ask for reviews, so yeah. they like they're still down. Yeah, they're still down like a four point two rating, right? Just because that one review. So <laughs> so don't don't okay. There's two lessons here. One, don't take. Don't use the customer's bathroom. And two, don't underestimate yourself. Like, uh, you can be yeah, a massive yeah. dump taker, all right? Yeah. And don't, you know. And number three, you need to be asking everybody for reviews. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. the time yeah. your guy does go take a dump in somebody's <laughs> you toilet. Can, you're a little insulated because you have so many five stars. Yes. That homeboy who took a dump, that doesn't really tank your score. Yes, 100%. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, yep. well, before... We got coffee and yeah. all that stuff. We we're talking um, about time. We we're talking about time, man. I had like, I had like a good thought with that. I'll get it. I I'll, had a good come thought for something before, and I forgot it. Man, that's what and you, you get. went into this time thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. Know. Um, I still. So, I kind of want to go back to the guys who don't realize their value, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so they're doing all this valuable stuff, mm-hmm. and they're charging just enough to basically make ends meet right and they can get to like three or four guys like that Mm -hmm. but then it's kind of like the guy beforehand who what who was keeping his overhead super low Mm -hmm. has the same effect Mm -hmm. right you get capped because you can't actually afford to grow because you're not making any money right right Right. so you're just stuck in this cycle Mm -hmm. forever Mm -hmm. i feel like everybody who's not priced right in some way shape or form Mm. they just end up in this cycle of stuck where right. they can't continue to grow. Right. Mm-hmm. And most mm-hmm. of the time, it's just, it's pricing. Right. It's like pricing and business structure, right? Sure, 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 sure. Gotcha. For the guys, like for the guys who are offering a lot of value and then, but then they're not charging enough. Mm-hmm. It's like, then they're like, okay, how do I go do more marketing and take make more work? Right. Mm-hmm. They can't. They, they can't. Yeah, they can't. Any money. They can't get those new jobs or whatever. How do I go buy more vans? You can't. You're not making enough money. Like the bank's not even going to give you a loan. Mm, sure. Right? You're not. Your business isn't profitable. You're not right. going to get a loan. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you do get a loan, you're going to get really bad interest rates. Right. Right? So, and then that's going to just hurt you anyway because you're not priced enough. Exactly. Mm. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, it's kind of an inter- interesting thing though how like no matter which way you go at it, not pricing yourself properly, mm-hmm. you may be able to get by and get to like three mm-hmm. or four Mm-hmm. maybe five trucks, mm-hmm. but eventually you're going to get capped. Yeah. I'm trying to really like, I'm trying to like steel man that I'm trying to find like the position, like, okay, this guy was priced not properly, but he made it. I'm trying to figure out like, there isn't any because at some point in time, the business becomes this, like, you know, this machine, like mm-hmm. you need money at some point in time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You yeah, can't yeah, yeah. bootstrap it forever. Mm-hmm. You can't. Sure. Sure. You can't, you can't do dip out of your own savings account. Yeah. And you can't do it everything in the business forever. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. Yeah. You can sure. only do it to a certain point. So eventually you have to hire somebody to do it and to get a good enough, per- like in that instance, right? Like if you need to like shed some of your responsibility, yep, that's going to cost money. And to be able to shed it to somebody of value, that's going to cost more money. Yep. And if you don't have it, like if you do have it in that moment, like let's say guy who's doing 20K profit, mm-hmm. like maybe he can do it right then in that moment. But then he's yeah. got nothing else for the next thing he needs to do. He's capped at that moment. Yeah. So like we saw that all the time in in my market in Fairbanks, mm-hmm. right? There'd be business owners who start up a plumbing business mm-hmm. 
and then they would work as a technician in the business and they would hire like a CSR to answer the phones mm -hmm. and they would get three or four technicians going. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes they would even scale to like seven guys. Right. But then the only money they made at the end of the day, like the owner and mm -hmm. the business only made the money that the owner was out actively billing himself. So right. he could yeah. never he get could out never of the leave. Trap, So he's right? just stuck and that sucks. Mm -hmm. You're trapped. Yeah. People yeah, will stay there yeah. for 20, 30 years. They'll just continue to do that. Right. Yeah. And they're, they're only making money because they're actively out billing. Yeah. In which case they're not even running a real business. No. And they can't even yeah. come into their yeah. business and like work on it and get it set up mm -hmm. because they can't stop working in the truck mm -hmm. because then they won't make any money, mm -hmm. right? Yep, yep. And so even in that instance, it like boils down to pricing, mm -hmm. right? They're actually not charging enough for their guys to make money mm -hmm. so that they don't have to be out there making money, mm -hmm. which is how it should be at some point, right? Mm, yeah, sure. And I think that in that there could be a... Uh, a, misrepresent, a misrepresented personal responsibility moment mm -hmm. where it's my responsibility as a business owner to get out there and make the money. So I'm going to go out and I'm going to work. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, I got to give, I got to give this guy a raise cause he's worth it. Mm -hmm. I just got to sell a couple more hours every day. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. And you're not actually solving the problem. Like yep. you're taking that responsibility on yourself, but there's a, a higher degree of responsibility that you should be taking, yeah. which is to sell less so that you can, well, you should price more so that you don't need to sell anything and you can still be profitable with what you got. Yep. And that's the higher responsibility. Honestly, that's the harder thing to do. Because then you have to like yeah. give up your position of direct money making mm -hmm. and then figure out how to do that differently. Yep. Yeah. And like the way that ends mm -hmm. is, and I've seen it a lot, mm -hmm. is they go 20, 30 years. Mm -hmm. They stay in that same lane mm -hmm. of working in the field. And they've, at the end of it, they have nothing. Yeah. Right. So there's a prime example of a guy in Fairbanks that did that. I think mm -hmm. he ended up, you know, he was like 60 some years old, still working in the truck, mm -hmm. wanted to get out of the business so bad. Mm -hmm. He ended up selling his business that he ran for 30 years mm -hmm. for $500,000. Yeah. Right. And had he just charged enough and then worked on his business instead of in it for 30 years, mm -hmm. he probably could have had a business that he could have sold for a few million dollars right. rather than just 500,000. Right. I mean, and, that, and he would have made mm -hmm. a lot of money from for those 30 years, right. but instead all he made for 30 years was a paycheck. Yep. He didn't put in any retirement. Yeah, yeah sure. He didn't plan for the mm. future. And so literally like the only retirement he had, thankfully his wife had a retirement through her job and they had the 500,000, yeah. right? But that's not how it should be. Like no. all that risk that he put in, mm -hmm. all that work that he put in, mm -hmm. All the money he sunk did sink into his business just for 500000 mm -hmm. and a paycheck. After 30 years. After 30 years. That's huge. It's yeah. like a lifetime. Yeah. So I talked to a guy today, um, super cool dude, mm -hmm. been running his business for 10 years, mm -hmm. um, been plumbing for 30 years. Mm -hmm. He's 60 years old. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you know, I'm talking to him and I'm like, so what do you want to do with your business? Where do you want to go with it? Mm -hmm. He's like, well, I mean, to tell you the truth, I'm 60 years old and I don't have a, you know, I have a little bit of retirement, but it's not enough to retire off right, of. Right. And I've been running this plumbing business for 10 years and I've got nothing to show for it. Hmm. Um, has he made a good living for 10 years? Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. But he hasn't made a good enough living to be able to put money aside right. and sure. invest in his retirement. Right. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, you know, my only option is at this point, 
is to hopefully grow something of value that I can sell now. Mm-hmm. So, and the predicament he's in is he was 60 years old and he just got diagnosed with kidney cancer. Oh, right? And yeah. so now this guy's in a really tough spot. Mm-hmm. He's got kidney cancer. Mm-hmm. He has this business that isn't worth anything. Mm-hmm. He's got a family. Mm-hmm. Like he could be facing like really bad things, right? Mm-hmm. He could be facing like... Mm-hmm limited time to live. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and now his family, you know, if he passes away, sure. He's leaving his family with nothing. Right. Right. And so now they have to fend for themselves versus had he, had he spent the last 10 years growing something of value, mm-hmm. he'd probably be at a point where he could turn around and sell that thing for, he was in a really good market. He sure. probably could have got, I mean, if he had a $5 million business, he probably could have turned around and sold it for seven or 8 million. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And that would have been a much better situation for him to be in. Right. And so looking at him and talking to him, he's like, yeah, I should have done this sooner. Right. Sure. Because now look at the spot I'm in. Sure. Hmm. Yeah. And it was sad. Yeah. Like ultimately. Yeah. Sure. Really, of course. Felt really bad for him. Yeah. It, along with like everybody that I've seen this do in, do this in the past, mm-hmm. run their business for so long. Mm-hmm. Sad. Mm-hmm. Super sad. Yeah. And I think that, I think at the core of it, they just, they never knew another way. Yeah. Like they, they only knew business by watching other people do business. Mm-hmm. And if you're in an environment where everybody's doing it poor, mm-hmm. then you don't know. Or if there's one guy who's doing it good, the perception can be one of jealousy and resentment. Mm-hmm. And then you say he's only successful because of these false reasons, right? Ripping off the customer, trust fund, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. All these things that like as, as business owners – we should never be approaching it like with that resentment, right? We should be like, no, yeah. there, something's working. We should figure out what's working. Yeah. And if it is those things, okay, cool. At least we know. But we shouldn't just assume that somebody's doing it better than us, that we're still in the right. Yeah, if there's a business like in your market that's that's growing and doing very well, to look at them and go, oh, they're just ripping off the customer mm-hmm. or or you know, I don't know, look down on them. Mm -hmm. What you should be doing is you should be looking at them and going, okay, they're making money at this. They're Mm -hmm. being successful. Mm -hmm. What are they doing so that I can copy that and be successful as well? Yeah. There's no, there's no shame in that. No. But what's weird is like a lot of times people do just what you were saying. They Mm -hmm. look at those successful businesses Mm -hmm. and they're like, they're just ripping off the customer. Like they're Mm -hmm. making money hand over fist, Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. ripping people off. Mm -hmm. But if they're ripping people off, how do they stay in business? Right. Right. Like the market seems to disagree with your position. Mm-hmm. It's it, really a misunderstanding of what the customer actually wants. Yeah. And I because, think it's... Go ahead. Because like like I had this conversation with a guy the other day. He grew up in the trades just, mm-hmm. just like me. Grew mm-hmm. up middle class, just mm-hmm. like me. And we're going over his hourly rate. And he's like, this is hard for me to swallow. And I said, yeah, that's because, because you grew up like me and... Your dad didn't fix, you know, your dad fixed everything. Mm-hmm. He didn't pay people to fix mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't probably don't pay people to fix stuff. You probably fix everything. Mm-hmm. You probably mow your own yard, right? <laughs> yeah. And and he's like, yeah. And I'm like, but there's people out there, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of people mm-hmm. that don't want to fix their own stuff. Mm-hmm. And they are more than happy to pay somebody to fix it. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, they want somebody to come fix it quickly, mm-hmm. and they want somebody to to fix it well, mm. and they want somebody mm-hmm. to fix it like today, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they want to have a good seamless experience. Mm-hmm. 
and they're willing to pay really good money for it, mm-hmm. right? So it's that misunderstanding there yeah, of how you grew up and what mm-hmm. is actually in the world. Like there's two different times, types of customers. Yeah. There's the customer who wants the cheapest price, mm-hmm. and there's the Customer that's just going to fix it themselves. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to call them a customer. Yeah. They're just, yeah. Yeah. Second customer is the customer that wants it done quick. They want it done well. Mm-hmm. They want it done with a warranty mm-hmm. and they want it done as soon as possible. Like mm-hmm. the whole experience needs to just be like from the time they call you to the time they pay mm-hmm. you, super seamless, super quick, yep. done super well, and they get their day back. Right? Yeah. One of those customers you can make money with, mm-hmm. the other one you can't. Mm-hmm. Which one do you want to serve? Right. You right? have the choice too. That's the yes. thing. You have the choice. Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if you want to make money, you're going to serve the one that wants everything except for the cheapest price. Mm-hmm. And you're going to offer them everything except for the cheapest price. They're right. going to be super happy. Right. And there's tons of those customers out there. Mm-hmm. But it's a weird thing for blue collar, yeah. grow up. Yep. You guys fix everything, mm. never mm-hmm. pay anybody to do anything. Mm-hmm. It's a hard concept. And it's hard because you grew up around other people like that. Chances mm-hmm. are, right? Like you yeah. grew up in a community of that. Yep. And so that is your reflection of reality is the community that you exist in. Yep. You haven't been exposed to the other communities nope. where people don't know what they're doing and they don't care to know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They would, they don't know, they would know, they don't know how to spell Home Depot, you know? Mm-hmm. They're not trying to go there. They got stuff to do. And that market exists. And just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean it's not there. Mm-hmm. And again, back to your point of like, there's a company in your town doing well. I would even say like the big brands, right? Like mm-hmm. your Ben Franklin's and your Mr. Rooter and your Rotor Rooters. Like mm-hmm. there's always sort of like, well, they do it this way and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. The question should be, okay, well, how do they do it so I can understand? Yeah. Because there is different models of business and to understand the different models is just better for you yep. instead of just assuming. And a lot of guys like they, they work for those companies and they start their own. Right. So they have yep. some understanding, mm-hmm. but even that is just your local understanding. Mm-hmm. But the try to gain the understanding of the whole structure mm-hmm. is important for your own context. Yep. And again, to realize that ultimately if the customer customer is choosing to use a different company, it's for a reason. Yeah. And if they're not choosing to do you, it's for a reason. Mm-hmm. And so to look at yourself and be like, okay, well, why am I not being chosen in this mm-hmm. moment? What am I doing poorly? How can I improve in this to yep. actually get that customer who needs that service? Yep. And then to start to figure that out and then to begin to execute on that. Yep. Yeah. When, when I grew up in the, you know, I didn't grow up in the trades, but I got in when I was, I started working as a yard bird when I was 17. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. I got in, started my apprenticeship when I was 18. And then I didn't go into business until I was like 32. Right. So I spent like 14 years in the in the trade, in the field, mm-hmm. working as a plumber. Mm-hmm. Um, some of those commercial, some of those industrial, some of those service work. Mm-hmm. And there was this one company in town um, that in the trades, the perception of that company was they're just ripping everybody yeah. off, right? Yeah. But this company was the biggest company in town. Right. And so for years, for like 14 years, I just Mm -hmm. hear like, that's the worst company on the planet. Mm -hmm. They're just ripping everybody off. Mm -hmm. And then when I went to go start my own company, Mm -hmm. it was this weird like realization of I am becoming that company. Yeah, sure. Right. Mm -hmm. And it, and it happened slowly. Like it was Mm -hmm. a slow realization. Yeah, sure. As my prices inched up, as I learned how to like actually price my business Mm -hmm. and what my value was to the market and mm-hmm. what the customer actually wanted. It was mm-hmm. like, 
that company had started to dwindle a little bit and I was taking its place. Yeah, right? sure. And so I'm sure now there's people in the trades that are like, oh, they're just ripping people off. Mm -hmm. They just really yep. don't understand. But it was this weird like moment where I remember that when I got a bill of theirs and our bill was more expensive. Oh, wow. And you're like, huh. And I was like, huh. They, they weren't <laughs> ripping people off. They yeah. were really just giving the yeah. customer what yeah. they wanted. Mm -hmm. And they were charging according to the value they were bringing to mm -hmm. the market. Mm -hmm. And we came in and we actually like took a whole bunch of their market share because we were actually able to bring more value, mm. even though we were more expensive. Mm -hmm. um, it was just kind of this, this odd moment. Had I years mm. before looked at that company and instead of being like sure, hostile oh, towards them, they're just ripping people off. What a mm -hmm. terrible company. Mm -hmm. If I would have looked at them and said, man, they got 12 trucks on the road mm -hmm. and they're paying their guys pretty well and mm -hmm. they have benefits and mm -hmm. the owner lived in Florida and <laughs> did he really? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. funny. <laughs> he still goes to Florida. I yeah. don't know where he goes down here, yeah. but he goes to Florida every winter, goes yeah. back to Alaska for yeah. the summer. Um, but had I looked at that earlier and, and looked at that company and went, what are they doing? Like, mm -hmm. they're actually doing very well as a mm -hmm. company. Like, they must be doing something right. Mm -hmm. How can I mimic that? Mm -hmm. If I would have noticed that sooner and thought about mm -hmm. that sooner, sure. I would have been so much better off. Because I spent three years instead trying to, you know, be the cheaper plumber. Yep, sure. Because um, that's what I thought I had to do. Because mm -hmm. they're ripping everybody off. Yep. So I'm actually oh, going to go huh. offer an honest, fair price for mm -hmm. my plumbing, mm -hmm. and I'm going to get all the work. Mm -hmm. What I learned is that people weren't hiring me because my service was good. They mm -hmm. weren't hiring me because I was a good plumber. They mm -hmm. weren't hiring me because they liked the quality of my work. They weren't mm -hmm. hiring sure. me because they liked me, mm -hmm. all these things that I thought. Yeah, sure. <laughs> they were just hiring me because I was cheap. Yeah, at right? the end of the day. Huh. Yeah. So now I look at it, you know, I was serving that cheap customer. Mm -hmm. And so now I look at it like now, I mean, I feel used by those customers. Yeah. Because the you, only mm -hmm. reason they hired me is because I was cheap. Yep. You thought you were offering value, which you were, mm -hmm. and you thought that's why they liked you. Mm -hmm. And then because you were the happy plumber in town, right? You're mm -hmm. your thing. And then yeah. at the end of the day, you're like, oh, dang, I was just not expensive. Yeah. Like they could have cared less if I was happy or mad. They, they were just happy that it was cheap. Yep. They were like, this is cheap. And then they would go tell their friends, this guy's cheap. Yeah. Use him. They would say, they would say, this guy's cheap. And I guess he's kind of nice too, but really he's cheap. And that's what yeah. we care about. Like, mm -hmm. because even in those circles, like you can hear it right now. Everybody can hear it in their head. Like, mm -hmm. I don't care if he's mean, if he's cheap, great. Like, I don't <laughs> care if he treats me like crap. I just want it to be cheap. Yeah. I mean, I think they care a little bit, but like if you can give, most guys are going to go in and be friendly and yeah, of course. give a halfway decent, yeah. decent service. Mm -hmm. Most people care about their mm -hmm. customers, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're going in and you're cheap, you're not going to be able to offer a really good service because you can't afford to. Yep. Like there were times where I would make a mistake or mess something up mm -hmm. and it was like, I couldn't afford to go take care of that customer mm -hmm. how I would now, right? Mm -hmm. So now one of my guys goes and messes something up. We're calling them, we're refunding them all their money. We're going mm -hmm. and fixing the problem. We're sending them flowers. Right. We're sending them a gift card to go out to eat. We're right. just making sure they're taken care of, right? Mm -hmm. I couldn't afford to do that back right. then. It wouldn't even probably entered your head to do all those things beyond just maybe fixing your mistake. Yeah. Because it hasn't entered your concepts of what it is to do business well when you're priced well. Right. Because when you're priced well, you start to see these new opportunities and mm -hmm. how to serve the customer because mm -hmm. you have more room to pivot, right? More yep. room to wiggle in there. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. But I would say it's probably, you know, 
people are going, this guy's pretty good and he's cheap. Yeah. And yeah. that's why they're telling everybody about you. Yeah. And that's why I always say, like, if you're staying busy on word of mouth, especially if you've got one or two guys, mm -hmm. you're probably too cheap. Yeah. Because. Right. There's a lot of talk that involves. We get a lot of people that recommend us word of mouth, mm -hmm. right, as a bigger shop because mm -hmm. we do such good service. Mm -hmm. But we cannot survive on word of mouth. No. Um, it's just not going to happen. Mm -hmm. We have to do advertising. We mm -hmm. have to stay top of mind. People mm -hmm. have to know, like, that we're a better option than the other guys, mm -hmm. that we do higher quality work. We offer a better experience. Mm -hmm. We have to continually preach that into the community. Mm -hmm. um, mm, and I sure. think... I think the only way you're going to be able to survive off word of mouth is if you're the cheap guy. Yep. And that is surviving. It's not thriving. It's not building something of value. No. It's not actually having an exit strategy. It is just, yeah. I'm working and I still have a job. Yeah. Like that's all it is. Yeah. And I did a reel. I did a reel on that. I think mm -hmm. it came out of a podcast. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was like, if you're cheap, you're, you know, if you're cheap, people are just hiring you because you're cheap. Yep. And I guarantee if we looked at your books, you're not making any money. Mm-hmm. That post got so much hate from these guys. Mm -hmm. They're like, you know, I'm all word of mouth. I've been word of mouth for yeah, 20 years, yeah. and I'm certainly not cheap. But mm -hmm. the funny part is, like, nobody with a legit business commented on that and said anything different, right? <laughs> yeah. What so do you mean by legit business? So, I mean, it's all one truck chucks, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And they might think, dude, I'm $180 an hour. I'm not cheap. Yeah, or I'm two hundred and fifty dollars sure. an hour. Sure. I'm not cheap. I personally, I'm making like you know two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. Take home, like I'm doing good, man. I'm yeah. wealthy. Yeah, I've got a good life. Yeah, cool. But mm -hmm. you can't grow it. Mm, yeah, you can't grow it being that cheap. Like right? you have a nice, well-paying job that you are in command over. Yes, but then, like even that person at the end of thirty years, what does he have? He worked he had thirty a job. years having a job. Yeah. Like in my mind, it's like, well, why not just go get a job? Yeah. If you're going to incur all the risk and all the, man, the hardship of mm -hmm. owning your own business, mm -hmm. like again, you might as well utilize, take advantage of all what owning your own business can do for you. Yeah. I, you should do the rest of the trades a favor sure. and raise your prices sure. to what it costs a real plumbing shop to operate. Right. Because what you're doing when you're going out one truck, chucking it and you're cheap, mm -hmm is you're offering this service to customers and they're hiring you because you're cheap and it lowers the value of the trades. Yep. So everybody that's working for these other shops, because mm -hmm. not everybody wants to be one truck chucking it. Mm -hmm. Now their value is lowered, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you went out and charged, like if everybody went out and charged what it actually costs mm -hmm. to run a plumbing business, if mm -hmm. everybody was 350 and above, mm -hmm. That would raise the perceived value of the trades. Mm -hmm. And people who are working for these big shops, they would get a raise. Right. Like they would be more valuable. Right. Um, it's just kind of sad. Cause like, sure. Cause like to me, like there's a lot of like huh. camaraderie in the trades. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, you know, we're tradespeople, we're valuable, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, but then they don't they don't really understand the extent, right? So then they'll yeah. go out into a one truck chuck and they'll no bottom dollar. Yeah. And it's like, dude, come on. Like, yeah. let's bring the value of everybody up here. Right. Let's all offer mm -hmm. a really good service. Let's all, I mm -hmm. mean, we're all probably offering a good service anyways. Yep. Let's all charge what we're worth. Mm -hmm. um, it's just tough because they all look at that company and they're like, ah, mm. they're just ripping people off. Yeah, that sure. guy's just getting rich, right? Yeah. 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 And yeah, then there's so many little perceptions in there. 
Like that guy's just getting rich. Even that it's just like, so what? Like That's he's getting rich, man. That's yeah, the like, point why of business. Is he in business of not to get rich. Yeah. Like you want to start your own shop. Yep. At some point you would like, like if I said, Hey, would you rather be rich or poor starting your own business? Mm-hmm. Like you would, you would be like, well, I'd rather be, I'd rather be rich. Once so, we got comfortable with speaking those words. Yeah. And the only reason that guy is rich is not because he's ripping people off. It's because he's doing something at scale. Yes. Right. Yes. It's because he's doing something with small profit margins a hundred times over. Mm-hmm. Dude. No space on memory card. <laughs> there hey, we go. And we're back. That wasn't a coffee break. That was just um, doing a podcast in real life is really hard. Dude, it is hard. Super hard. First podcast in person. It's tough. Yeah. Technical errors that we didn't expect. Nope. That you just don't. Hey, but you just got to try things and then you figure it out afterwards. You just got to keep going. Yep. Just got to keep on keeping on. That's how it is. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, there it is. <laughs> what were we talking about? Um. Well, I mean, the whole conversation is sort of surrounded around pricing. And this moment, we were sort of talking about bringing value to the trades in general requires yeah. everybody be charging more money. And really, the whole idea is that everybody in the trades is undervaluing their service, which I believe they are because it is so necessary. And so, okay, there's like, this is just a theory that I literally just came up with. Probably not right. But the trades is contracting, right? As far as I know, there's not a lot of tradesmen out there. There's not people getting into the trades. Less and less tradesmen are available. Are available, right? Yep. And so there's there's this perception there, right? So there has to be a question of why, right? There's probably tons of real answers, but it could just be a perception of like, that seems like really hard work. And like, what does it get me at the end of the day? Yes. And the demand isn't going away either. No, the demand is actually increasing more because Mm -hmm. in our day and age, we talked about this at the very beginning of the podcast. I can order something in Pensacola and I can get it the next day. Yep. Large items. Yep. So I'm conditioned to have my problems taken care of very quickly. Yep. So that means there's a large market of people who say, I need my real problems fixed. Yep. I need my plumbing fixed immediately. And if it's not immediately, I'm going to get upset because everything in life right now is almost immediate. It's immediate. Yep. So there's already a huge demand for that, right? But when you're working at a shop and you're making $60,000 a year because you're charging $180, 200 bucks an hour per job or whatever. People are going to look at that and be like, man, that seems like a lot of work for not a lot of money. Dude. And that's the thing. I don't want to, I don't want to get into that. And I don't want to go through like my apprenticeship, my journeyman. Like I don't want to sock away like seven years of my life to make 60 to 80 to hundred K. It's not worth it in this day and age. So my daughter just got a job at a smoothie bowl place. Mm -hmm. You know this. Uh Uh-huh. You saw her paycheck for mm-hmm. one day. Mm-hmm. It's more than what most plumbers are making working for other people. Right. That shouldn't be. No. Right? <laughs> yeah. Smoothies are not How? necessary. Smoothie bowls aren't necessary. We're short people in the trades, mm-hmm. and we're going to pay them bottom dollar, and nobody's interested anymore because they can literally go work at a smoothie bowl shop on the beach mm-hmm. in their shorts and tennis shoes, hardly work at all, yep. really easy job, mm-hmm. work with cool people, mm-hmm. and make more money. Mm-hmm. No four-year training, no yep. licensing required. No test to take. No test to take, no nothing. Mm-hmm. So, and it's, you know, unless everybody starts charging more and actually starts increasing the value of the tradespeople, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's not going to get any better. Right. What's going to end up happening is we're going to have such a shortage of tradespeople, this is my prediction, mm-hmm. that everybody's going to lower the standards to be a tradesperson. Yeah, because that's the most natural thing to do, to yep. say that, hey, 
you could be making that 60 to 80 K, but you only got to put in two hours of work. Yep. And at the end of the day, that is going to hurt the person who wants to get the service. They're going to make it so that handymen can go do plumbing. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Just to, just to get the stuff done. Yeah. Just cause people, there still is a need that's not going to go away. As long as we have houses and indoor yep. plumbing, it ain't going anywhere. It ain't going anywhere. Nope. And so, like right now, that's kind of like increasing the value of the plumbers. But it's if it doesn't like start to shift, it's just going to get so bad. They're going to yeah. like the government's going to each state is going to have to come in and they're just going to relax their standards of yeah. what it takes to become a plumber. Yeah. Right. But like the sad part about that is at the end of the day, when you have a bunch of untrained people then going out and doing plumbing. Yeah. They're going to do really poor work. Yeah. And so even then, like a tradesman, a true tradesman that can mm -hmm. come in and do really high quality mm -hmm. work and is really good at his job, mm -hmm. that's still going to be incredibly valuable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like what's actually going to be really valuable at that point, I mean, cause you know, in every, every moment there's always opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. So the opportunity could be to like, okay, great. The standards are getting lowered. Guess what? My shop, we charged enough so we can pay really well. Yep. Now, I can afford to bring in somebody who has talent yep. and I can say, Hey, I want you to work here. I want this to be your place of business for as long as you'll stay with me. Yeah. And I can offer you this. This is what we stand for. Do you want to partner with me and this company to yep. achieve this vision? And you can try to grab that person who is a go-getter and you have more opportunity to get him because he doesn't have to do so many things. And then you can hopefully turn that person into something that's producing very quickly. Yeah. Now, the obviously, the rub with that is you're going to lose money until he's independent. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's still, there has to be an opportunity that's found in there that's only possible if you're already making money, if you can yeah. entice somebody into it. You know, so, like, we see in Fairbanks, where my plumbing business is, we do a bunch of heating, right? Mm -hmm. And so to do plumbing, mm, you sure. need a license. Mm -hmm. To do heating, you don't, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and we see there's a lack of people that can do heating as well. Right. So there's a lack of both, right? Mm -hmm. Our guys are very well paid, very well trained, extremely knowledgeable mm -hmm. versus there's other shops in town where they have guys that are low paid. They haven't gone through an apprenticeship. They haven't gone through mm -hmm. any training mm -hmm. and they're going out and they're doing subpar work, right? right. Um, and at the end of the day, like people hire us because uh, sure, they know that the quality of the work that they get is better. Right. Like if, like we go out all the time and somebody is like, Hey, we had so-and-so here and so-and-so here and so-and-so here <laughs> and so-and-so here. You're literally the fifth plumber on mm -hmm. site or the fifth like heating technician on site. Mm -hmm. And, and it's a simple fix. Right. Right. They just didn't know. Mm -hmm. So like now we've become so much more valuable. Right. Just by having those people the in expertise. our business. Hmm. That's probably, it's going to be interesting to see like where all that shifts to. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how the business models need to pivot to accommodate low or in certain circumstances, no talent coming in mm -hmm. because like it's because we talk about apprentices, right? Where it's like yeah. apprentices, we don't want to do that because that person isn't making you any money. They're just sort of draining money. At some point in time, you're going to have to. Yeah, exactly. Right? Cause like right now, man, I talked to, most people I talk to, it's, I can't find any, there's no good workers out there. Right. And, and I, like, people say that. Yeah. But as mm -hmm. of now, there's still good workers out there. Right. It's just, you're not attracting them to your business. Yeah. Like, yep. I think that's the real problem. Mm -hmm. There's 
workers that will come work for you because there's shops right now where people are working where they're mm-hmm. underpaid, mm-hmm. they're undervalued, mm-hmm. and they don't like their job. Sure, right, mm, and they're sure. good and they're good technicians. Mm-hmm. Like that exists. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can build a shop that pays well, that values your employee, mm-hmm. that keeps them happy, gives them a good company culture, mm-hmm. then you'll start attracting employees to your company. Mm-hmm. I think the I think the real problem is they're not doing those things yet. Right. 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 Um, and the main problem is they're undercharging, so they can't afford right. to do those things, right? right? Mm-hmm. So they just think there's no good people. Sure, yeah. Um, I think there is. There are good people. Mm-hmm. And I think you can structure your business in a way that that attracts those people to your business. Mm-hmm. But if we continue down the road we're going down, mm-hmm. at some point in time, there's just going to be a huge lack of good tradespeople. Right. Like there's already a lack, but it, if it gets any worse it's going to come to the point where, mm-hmm. okay, I have to train my own people. Yeah. Right? And that's a whole nother thing. So it's almost like right now is almost, you've kind of seen that in the heating and air conditioning space. Yeah. Um, because most states, you don't need a license to do that. Mm-hmm. They're actually, you know, have in-house training programs. These mm-hmm. bigger shops do. Mm-hmm. And they're actually training people to come in mm-hmm. and do that kind of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like now, because since, the labor shortage isn't crazy bad. Now mm-hmm. is the opportunity to cash in on what you do have so that you can establish yourself so that when it does mm-hmm. get really bad in however many years, yeah. you're actually positioned financially to be able to train in-house, yep. like to be thinking far enough ahead. But to do that, you still need to be charging properly now. So you actually have the headspace yep. to be able to do that. And I think there's another there's another thing at play where all of the business, plumbing business owners need to remember that they are representing their company whenever they interact with other companies. Mm-hmm. Because chances are, if you're just if you're hyper competitive in your business with other businesses in your market, mm-hmm. that other business might have technicians that you could maybe one day work with for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But if you portray yourself in anything except for Oh, I would say somebody who's humble, willing to learn, extends generosity, mm-hmm. is nice and kind. If you're not doing that, if you're competitive, closed, and sort of like, no, we don't mess with you. Oh, you guys suck. All your work is garbage. Mm-hmm. It's going to suck when that technician's like, dude, I ain't working with you. Mm-hmm. We had a conversation three years ago at the supply house. You don't remember? You're even talking to me. You're talking to somebody else. I was like, yes, yep. the guy's a total ass. Yep. I'm not going to work for that guy ever. Yep. So it's like so important to remember that when you guys are out, doing your business to represent yourself for the future. Yep. Because eventually you could be talking to your future employee. You could be talking to your star yep. technician. Yep. It's true. Like most of the people, I'm going to say 70% of the people that have come to work at my company, they didn't come to work for my company. They came to work for me. Right. It was people that I'd worked with in the trades in the past mm-hmm. or that I'd gotten to know at the parts supply houses. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was those small relationships that we built mm-hmm. on a job or at the supply house mm-hmm. that when they find out that I was hiring, they were like, oh, dang, Jared's hiring. I want to mm-hmm. work for Jared. Yeah, sure. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, probably because I was like way too easy on them when they were an apprentice. But <laughs> Yeah, when you were a contrasting figure in their life. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Yeah. No, I think, I think ultimately they came to work for me. And we even had a couple people leave like once the business started to grow mm-hmm. and I wasn't mm-hmm. really right. involved. We had a couple people leave because they were like, you know, I came to work for you and you're not there anymore. Right. And so they left. Right. Um, it's just part of the deal. Right. But yeah, it, it's definitely important to grow that, you know, persona of, I mean, just go be a good dude. Yeah, go be a good dude and don't yeah. be like, and remember that in all, 
like people want to work for somebody who radiates calm and consistency. Mm-hmm. Because when you're working, this is not from my experience, obviously, but like just looking at your shop, your guys Mm -hmm. know they show up to work and they know they're going to have work and they're going to be busy. Uh And if they look at the work and the business owner's like, oh my gosh, I'm freaking out. We don't have any leads. (laughs) That guy's going to be like, I got to get a new job. Mm -hmm. But if there is somebody who's driving the ship, who's calm and consistent, and I know Uh this from my, my last work where my boss was very... I mean, he was always stalwart in the face of whatever. And mm-hmm. he was able to make clean decisions and pivot very quickly. Yep. And he was just, everything would just wash over him. Yep. And so you're like, man, this is great. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's crazy, but boss, is, boss man's still chilling. Yep. Like maybe inside he's like, oh gosh, I got to do some stuff. But yep. outward he's like, that's all right. You know, yeah, we're, it's a tough spot. But listen, this is what we're going to do to get out of it. Yep. And like, I'm confident in this and we still got this going. I want you to do this. Yeah. At the end of the day, you're... Employees want the assurance mm. that they're going to have a paycheck. Yeah, yeah that's, all, that's right? what they want. They want to be confident yeah. Yeah. and comfortable that they're at the end of every week for years to come, mm-hmm. they're going to have a regular paycheck. Mm-hmm. That's really all they want, right? Yep. Um, so if you can provide them with that, mm-hmm. and then on top of that, you can provide them with a better paycheck... Mm-hmm. On top of that, you can provide them with a better place to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to win every time, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to maintain employees. Mm-hmm. They're going to work very hard for you. It's funny. I was talking to my wife earlier today. We were on a walk. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about all my past jobs, mm-hmm. um, thinking about SOPs. Right. And just giving, like, guys directions so they know what their job is, mm-hmm. right? And I was thinking about all my past jobs. Like, nobody ever told me what my job is. Like nobody ever told me what they even expect <laughs> yeah, of me, yeah, sure. let alone how they're going to mm-hmm. measure my performance. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about our shop and I was like, man, my guys come to work. Mm-hmm. They know they're going to have consistent paychecks. Mm-hmm. They know they're making more money than they will anywhere else. Mm-hmm. They know that they've got a, we've got a super cool company culture. Mm-hmm. They get bonuses. We have parties. It's mm-hmm. all built into the company. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, plus they know exactly what, to do when they come to work. Yeah, sure. Like, it's totally laid out for them. There's mm-hmm. no question. Right. So they like, know how to do a good job. Yeah. This is how you do a good job. Mm-hmm. And this is what we expect mm-hmm. of you. Mm-hmm. This is what it looks like. This is how you do mm-hmm. it. And this is how we measure it. Mm-hmm. So they have a super clear expectation. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, just thinking about that for myself, if I could go work at a place like that, I would have been like, this is rad. Sure. I make more money. Sure. I know what I'm supposed to do. I know how mm-hmm. I'm going to be measured, mm-hmm. like piece of cake, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's going to be a consistent paycheck. Mm-hmm. I know my boss isn't freaking out, like you said. Right. Um, even though it's kind of slow, he still seems all right. Right. I'm still getting paid. Still getting paid. Cool. Still doing work. Yeah, I'm good, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Hmm. So I think like back to if you want to attract employees, mm-hmm. it's all of those things. Right. Right. Yeah, and then I think because, you know, we hear that, the reason of being, oh, there's just no good work around. And yeah. I think whenever we have those, that's a similar to the thought of like, oh, that other company's just ripping somebody off. Mm-hmm. Like whenever we just jump to these conclusions of like, oh, this must be the answer. It's the simplest, lowest hanging sort of resentful fruit. We should back off and be like, yeah, I mean, maybe, but maybe I'm just not doing something correctly. Like maybe mm-hmm. it's me, right? Mm-hmm. Like I always try to like look at like, like there's is an example of like, 
my wife internalizes everything. Mm-hmm. And so like, if I like can like detect that something's wrong in my media, like shit, like what did I do? Like I'm trying to f- go through like, okay, was I the problem here? Cause I want to know mm-hmm. because I want to be able to sort of fix whatever thing I did. Mm-hmm. Cause it's probably something that I need to fix anyway. Mm-hmm. And I think it's better to sort of look to ourselves and be like, okay, am I the one who's doing this wrong? Like I need to be very aware because we as people are really good at ignoring our own faults mm-hmm. and just sort of like finding them in others and then feeling good about how we can spot faults in others. Mm-hmm. And then we can feel, we can sit on our high horses cause we can condemn other people for all the things that they're doing, whatever, whatever. Oh, nobody can work out in this town. Everybody sucks. There's kids don't know how to work these days, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yep. And it's like, okay, maybe, Yeah. but maybe you can provide a place that can attract people who do want to work. Yep. Like maybe you just never met those people cause you're not in those circles. Yeah. Maybe you hang out with a crowd who's not the right crowd, you know? Right. Like yep. maybe your networking place isn't appropriate. Yeah. Maybe you don't even do any networking or anything like that. Yeah. Because um, I tell people sort of what you've been sharing about, like how to try to get new talent mm-hmm. within Fairbanks. Mm-hmm. And what that relies upon in this moment is you knowing talent. It means yeah. that you have relationships with people. And so it's just like, man, like go spend time, learn the technicians in your town. Mm-hmm. And then you can like mark them in your brain. Like, dang, mm-hmm. that guy's super sharp. Yep. Huh. Maybe I should try to chance some more encounters with mm-hmm. this person. Maybe mm-hmm. I try to meet up with this person, get to know this person mm-hmm. and like really find that talent. I mean, you can tell me what you think about this. Cause I have no idea. I'm just sort of floating this in my head, but there's different ways to attract talent. We can just put out ads on the internet. We mm-hmm. can run now hiring, which yep. can get other people. But then perhaps there's another way where it's an intentional, like I'm going to take Thursday whenever and I'm going to go and I'm going to talk to people. Yep. I'm going to go to supply houses. I'm going to go and schmooze with people. I'm going to try to figure out who in this town is actually good at their job. And then I'm going to mark them and then try to sort of slowly market my business to them because I want to win them over. I think at the beginning, that's what you have to do. Mm, Sure. Because nobody wants to come work for you. Yeah. They don't know your business. Yeah. They're not confident in you. Mm -hmm. They don't know you're going to be around. They're not Mm -hmm. sure they're going to get a paycheck. Mm -hmm. So you got to give them a reason to come, number one. Mm-hmm. You got to pay them more. You got to offer them a better culture. You got to give them a sign-on bonus or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then you do. You They have to gain confidence in you. Mm-hmm. So you need to go figure out who the star technicians are and mm-hmm. go start dating them, basically. Yeah, sure. Right? Yep. Um, I mean, that's what I did to get first few technicians at yeah. my mm-hmm. shop. It was like, you know, I got... Dude, this is so hard. <laughs> Why? It'd be really funny if you weren't recording that whole time. Oh, dude, if I wasn't <laughs> recording that whole time. Um, hey, hey. Well, welcome back for like the fifth time, yeah. sixth time. Dude, just got to get the jitters out, you know? It's like a We're going to have to have Costin put in like a like some fuzz in between. Yeah, he'll do something cool. He'll make it like, <laughs> you know, he'll do his thing. Um, yeah. So, man, well, that's what I did to get talent in my company. Sure. First, right? Yeah. Was you just scouted them out, scout them out mm-hmm. and date them. Yeah. My guess is that get like, my guess is that like that is something that doesn't ever stop. It might recede as you change focus. Like, okay, you have enough technicians. Yeah. Now you're focusing on some systems, but at some point, like for you and your moment, cause you were thinking like, okay, if I can just hire two more guys who can bill out mm-hmm. what your top guys are billing out, mm-hmm. you can raise everybody's wage just cause those guys exist. Yeah. So then you as a business owner, suddenly that is something worth your time. Yep. Then you can go, Oh my gosh, how much of that time, if I could achieve that, mm-hmm. then that would really help. That would make me, it's more secure business. So yep. then you can devote like a whole day to that process yep. to really start 
recruiting that talent. And I would say that the general manager position, because I watch you do this with Eddie, mm-hmm. is probably going to be your biggest dating this person to get them, if you're not mm-hmm. going them from the inside, right? Yep. Because you're going to want to, you for your general manager, if you want to move away from the state where your company exists, yeah. or you just want to not have to deal with it, yeah. that GM needs to be... Solid. The person. Needs to be they're not going to leave. They're, yep. they're going to be solid. They're in line with your vision, all those kinds of yep. things. So that's going to require you to really who, know who this person I, is. Identify that person and then go start dating them. Yep. And then start figuring out what makes, him, what makes them tick. Yep. Because then... So like I was always calling him, like we were kind of friends. Yep. And being like, hey man, this is what I'm doing in my company. Mm-hmm. It's really cool for these reasons. Mm-hmm. You should come work mm-hmm. over here. And he never wanted to come over as a technician. Mm-hmm. He just couldn't make that risk because mm-hmm. um, there wasn't enough upside to him. Right. right. And I was new and it was scary. Right. And he's not a risky person. Mm-hmm. He's a very methodical, mm-hmm. systemized person, which mm-hmm. makes him a really good general manager. Yep. Right. So I actually went and what did I do? I I took him. He's really into guns, mm-hmm. loves shooting guns. Mm-hmm. So I was I was like, hey, dude, let's go. Let's go buy some guns. Well, first you bought a truck. Don't well, forget about that part. He didn't know that yet, but oh, I yeah, did yeah, that yeah. strategically, right? Yeah. So he goes, let's go buy some, or I said, let's go buy some guns. He was like, yeah, there's, my buddy owns a gun shop. It's like a hundred miles away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, yeah, let's go like one weekend, let's go buy some guns. And we mm-hmm. set the date. Mm-hmm. So then I went and bought a new truck <laughs> and I bought, <laughs> and I didn't do this like super on purpose, right. but it was in the back of my head. I mm-hmm. wanted to buy a new truck anyways, but I, you know, I was like, I'm going to buy a truck that Eddie would think is cool. Mm-hmm. So I bought this nice black truck. Mm-hmm. And he was like, dude, mm-hmm. this is cool. And I let him drive it mm-hmm. on the way to Delta <laughs> oh, to man. get guns. <laughs> yeah. And then we got guns and I spent like, I remember I spent like five grand on guns or something like that. And mm-hmm. he was like, dude, you just dropped five grand on guns. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, dude, we're doing really good over here. Mm-hmm. Like, you should come over. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you, you weaseled blah, your blah, way blah, into his right? brain. So he's thinking, like, dang, Jared just bought like a $50,000 truck. He just mm-hmm. dropped five grand on guns. Mm-hmm. He took me down to Delta to buy guns. Mm-hmm. He's doing good, right? Mm-hmm. And then it was like, hey, man, you should let me take you out to dinner. I want to talk to you about this general mm-hmm. management position. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay. So I went out to dinner with him and his wife. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, man, you know, I'm getting to that point where I'm going to need a general manager. I think you'd be really good at it. Mm-hmm. This is what I can offer you. Mm-hmm. And it was like, at that point, now that I need a general manager, I could offer something that's worth it for him right. to come over. Right. But even then, it still took a little bit of mm-hmm. convincing and mm-hmm. dating and back and forth mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think the lesson in there that I think you did really well is you weren't afraid to invest in these things. Like one, mm-hmm. like... You needed, you wanted a new truck anyway, right? Mm-hmm. So that was sort of like, it was just the back end. Mm-hmm. But like, cause I can think of people being like, man, what do you mean? I got to spend $55,000 and all this time to get your GM. Mm-hmm. And the answer would be like, yeah, bro. Because Dude, if you want to achieve. He's made me way more money. A hundred percent. Than what like, I spent on that truck. Like, I think so many conversations I have, whether it's about coaching or marketing, there's always this thing of like, that price tag is so high. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, but think about how much money that price tag makes you. Oh, yeah. And that price tag becomes not very high. You're like, oh, that's the price? Oh, but I can make this much off of that? You mean, you'll tell oh. me how to set up my business to where it can make me a million dollars? It's like. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. What would you pay for somebody to give you a million dollars? Like. If you could get into something and it's mm-hmm. like, hey, in let's say three years, mm-hmm. in three years, if you give me money now, mm-hmm. I'll give you a million dollars in three years. Mm-hmm. Like, what would you be willing to pay for that? Oh uh, yeah, probably 
probably like a lot. I'd pay half a million yeah. for that. Yeah, right? totally. Yeah. <laughs> That's like what, like, you can get offered that. I mm-hmm. mean, like, our coaching program, if you come in and you learn the stuff and you actually do it, mm-hmm. in three years, you could be making a million dollars. Right. Like, it's mm-hmm. a pretty, it's a very small investment for what you actually learn and get out of it. Yep. Yeah. That's a tough one for those blue-collar workers, too, it, though. Yeah, well, because educate, I mean, especially, like, man, education sucks, in my opinion, in our country. Like, I, And so when people say, hey, oh, also, okay, there's a couple layers to this. First off is education sucks. Yep. Like, we all grew up. We didn't really learn. All, at least this is my experience. Maybe everybody yeah. has a dis- different experience, but my experience is I didn't really learn a lot of useful things. Yep. I actually just learned that learning sucks. Yep. So I had to spend a couple years realizing that learning was actually cool and I should learn and read books. You Mm -hmm. know, that's a good thing. Right. Um, and then the second thing is, so that's like one part of it. And then the second thing, everybody on the internet is trying to sell something. (laughs) They're all trying to scam you. They're all trying to scam you. And here's the thing is I talked, I was talking to a guy today about this and I was like, about marketing specifically, because he's mm-hmm. like, oh, I hired a marketing company, like a marketing thing online. He mm-hmm. was promising this. I hired him. And I was like, yeah, man. Okay, so the reality is, is everybody is promising a silver bullet. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is you might need to get like seven or eight silver bullets before you actually have enough silver bullets to win the day. Yeah. So like homeboy is going to get you all these leads or you're not going to pay anything. Cool. Maybe that's a good product. Hire him, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe check it out, yeah, and then go grab other homeboy who's going to get you all the leads, mm-hmm. and then you you know you'll not pay if they don't close or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, talk to him. Maybe you need him too. But investing that money, if it can make you money at the end of the day, is mm-hmm. worth it. Yep. What's not worth it is sitting there doing nothing, yeah, and not changing anything yeah. and hoping it's going to work, yep. or or God forbid, hoping the market is going to tilt in your favor, something mm-hmm. like that. Like that doesn't make any sense. Mm. Nope. So, yeah. Best investment you can make is in yourself. Yeah. Hands down. 100%. It's literally the only reason I make any money at all today. <laughs> <laughs> like, like yeah. I went and got involved in a in a apprenticeship, right? Mm-hmm. I had to go to school and pay for books, and mm-hmm. I didn't get a paycheck, right? Mm-hmm. There was an investment in myself in that. Mm-hmm. Um, had to learn the plumbing code and plumbing. Mm-hmm. I invested time into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got paid for it, but there was still a lot of time invested mm-hmm. in that. And then going and starting a business, there was time and failing. Mm-hmm. There was, I invested tons of money in learning. Mm-hmm. Um, even doing the businesses we do today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. Huge learning mm-hmm. curve. And if I had to learn it all myself, oh, screw there's that. no way. Yeah. Like it, I would spend a lifetime learning by mistakes what I've learned in the last two years. Mm-hmm. Did it cost me a bunch of money? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is it going to make me way more money? (laughs) Yes. I would say it has already made you way more money. It's all the money I've ever spent on coaching has always paid for itself. Yep. Even if I just go there and I learn one new thing, Mm -hmm. one little like thing that changes Mm -hmm. the way I think about something, Mm -hmm. like unlocking another portion of my brain, Mm -hmm. that can be worth, I mean, that could be worth billions, right? Sure, of course. To the right person. Yep. Um, Yeah. Totally worth it. Coaching is totally worth it. Yep. Education is, is, and like, I think there's, there's an idea where like, well, I could just, like I talked to another guy and he's like, I'm a wise guy. I could probably just figure this out myself. <laughs> yeah. I've heard that. And, one. I, and I was like, I was like, I'd be happy if you could. Like, I, and I like, always tell him, yes, you can. Yeah. 100% yep. can. Right. Mm-hmm. What I'm offering you is, this is really what any coaching program is offering you. Mm-hmm. They're offering you all the knowledge that you can find out there on the internet mm-hmm. for free all put in one nice little package yep. that's organized in steps yep. 
with a support team to help you walk through. Yep. And there's no ads every 15 minutes. Yeah. So you don't and, have to deal with that. And you don't have to go find it. You don't and have you to You don't have it. to piecemeal it together. Yeah. Right? Yep. That's the beauty of it. Yep. It's like the same reason why people hire fitness coaches. It's like the same thing. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> I don't know how many people in our day and age will just go out to their weights that they bought in their gym. And they say, I'm just going to freewheel this. I don't know uh-huh. what's going on. Like, this is how I lift, right? Like, everybody looks up what to do. Yeah. And then if you're really serious about your fitness and you don't want to do all that, then you go and hire somebody mm-hmm. or you go to a gym, you sign up for a class. Mm-hmm. Like, this whole industry, the whole health industry exists because people don't want to figure it out on their own. Mm-hmm. And it's the dude, it's the same thing in whatever tier of education. Yep. The thing about business is it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. There is things that you don't know that somebody can teach you mm-hmm. and then... You're off to the races. It's just up to you to implement it. Yeah. And it's, yeah. I mean, education's great. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's great. Uh, okay. Yeah. Dude, right on. Cool, man. Well, welcome to the, Jared, welcome to your first podcast Dude, in person. Welcome uh, to the in-person podcast it's really with hard. lots of breaks. Lots of breaks. But hey, you know what? <laughs> you got to you gotta start trying to improve, you know what I'm saying? Next one will get better. Yep. Yes, sir. Cool, man. Okay. See you next time. See you, dude. See you.